Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. everyone to the spotlight as you just heard from big dick mlj i'm jeremy lambert that is steven jensen it is thursday february 15th i tried to mix up how i did the intro there jensen uh it is thursday february 15th we got a lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling jensen how you doing today buddy i am doing okay y'all doing okay waking up a little bit clearing my throat out this morning hope everyone's having a good thursday morning but yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been all right. Been a been a decent week. Been a really good week for wrestling for Cody Rhodes fans. So I mean, definitely gonna talk about that. How you been, man? I was about to say last week we didn't know quite what to expect. Feels like it's been a long, long week. This press conference was a week ago at this point, and it feels like a lot has happened since what didn't even turn out to be a press conference. It was just a big media event because uh, there was nobody asking questions or anything. But that was a week ago everybody for those keeping track at home uh tommy mater gets us kicked off here with a super chat the best show on fightful let's go we appreciate it tommy guys you can leave a, leave a super chat get your question comment statement read on the air leave a thumbs up 
on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you have not. So you can also subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. That's a sister channel where I do a lot of content over there. And you can also uh, check us out on podcast platforms. Any podcast platform that you listen to your shows from, we are available there as well. So you can check that out. Guys, uh, I guess we can we can get into it, Jensen. It is it has been a good week for Cody Rhodes fans, and maybe maybe I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. Maybe this story will actually get finished. So this time last week, we weren't sure where things were going to go with WrestleMania. The Rock had. Cody had stepped aside. Let's be honest. The Rock came in, but like on television, Cody stepped aside. And The Rock stepped up to Roman Reigns. We had the big press conference, a big media event. The kickoff is what they called it last week. And Seth Rollins comes out and he talks. And then Roman comes out and interrupts him and makes one of his shoes. And then Roman says, this no longer is Cody's choice. This is my choice. I choose The Rock. So The Rock comes out and he's talking about blood and dynasty and family. He shows this giant family tree that no one could understand what it actually was. And then Cody comes out and says, all of this is uh, BS. Five minutes in, can't curse yet. He says, all of this is BS. And he says, your, your family would be ashamed of how you're acting. Your family, Roman, Rock, your grandfather, your father, they'd all be ashamed of how you're acting. I choose to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And then The Rock slaps Cody Rhodes, and we get into a little confrontation, pull apart. And then two minutes after this event goes off the air, Triple H just tweets it out. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 40. You're getting your wish here, Jensen. But what do you really think of how this is all done? Honestly, I, I love the press conference, whatever you want to call it, the kickoff. I actually thought it was super entertaining the way that they did it. I thought it was a little confusing by the end of it, like, because I think all of us at the end were like, well, so what's what's happening? Yeah, We were like, they, they didn't, it wasn't really clear when the show actually ended. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, Triple H put the tweet up and then everyone started retweeting it and quote tweeting it. And it was like, okay, this is, this is what's happening. Like, we're getting... Uh, we're getting uh, Cody and Roman night two. Well, at least that's what it looks like. Night two would be Cody and Roman. And it leaves us all these questions about night one and Seth Rollins' involvement, who we'll talk about in a second, Sure, I'm sure as well, because he cut a great promo on Monday with Cody, the two of them. I thought I love that segment a lot. <clears throat> so, you know, I'll... Let me put it this way, because people might be surprised to hear me say this. If things are playing out the way that they look like they're playing out, and Cody does finish the story, which it looks like that's where all this is heading, I actually love the presentation of what we saw on Thursday. I actually love the idea of The Rock and Roman Reigns as a team until something goes wrong, and then that will cause the break at their eventual match, which will probably happen next year's WrestleMania, I'm guessing. The, the visual of The Rock and Roman together is actually, I actually really, I, I like what we're getting with this. I actually really do as like a wrestling fan. But what I'm seeing a lot of people saying, and I've also seen it in the chat a little bit already, is The Rock kind of like Big Brothers Roman. At least that's what it looks like. And like, that's kind of a strange visual after like three to four or whatever dominant. I mean, Roman's been dominant for almost a decade in the WWE, but 
this specific title run being, you know, for three years long or whatever, it's kind of weird seeing somebody come in and kind of be like, almost like in charge of Roman. But like, that's not, that's not really what they're saying, but that's just kind of how it looks. Like they're supposed to kind of look like equals of what it is what it seems like. But <clears throat> you see like The Rock walking in front of Roman. Some of this, it just kind of seems like, but once again, and I, I, I might have brought this idea up last week. I can't remember, but it just seemed kind of far-fetched, like that The Rock would actually turn heel because it looked like we were going to get The Rock and Roman at least one of these nights. But kudos to the WWE and The Rock and the people involved, honestly, because The Rock is leaning into the the heel stuff. Like he's the Cody Crybaby stuff is a heel move. I was pissed off when I initially heard that on the McAfee show. I was like. What the hell is he doing? Like that's that's not the fans are cheering for Cody. Like Cody's the 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 true people's champion right now. There's no there's no more calling someone the people's champion than like you know you you get voted in over the Rock for something like this. You know. Sorry, go ahead. When I heard that promo on McAfee's show, I was like, oh, he's actually leaning in to this. I actually felt more confident about what they were gonna do going into WrestleMania on the from a Cody Rhodes standpoint. When I heard that promo, because if he was just trying to like ignore it and just be like, yeah, you know, contingency of the fans want Cody. I know that's, that's good. You know, I, I love Cody. Cody's great. A long history with Cody. Like he said that stuff, but if he left it at that and didn't go full heel promo, I would have been more worried for Cody when he went full heel promos. Like they ain't doing a heel versus heel match at WrestleMania. Like they're just, they're just not. So Cody's got to factor in this somehow. Yes, and it looks like they'll probably do some sort of tag match with Rollins and Cody versus Roman and The Rock. And like I said, we have like a whole year or whatever for for The Rock and Roman again. Like, I think what I'm assuming they'll do is Cody will finish the story at WrestleMania, which we'll dive a little more into how I think that'll happen. And then there will be some sort of... Something will happen. And, and I think that they're... Cause, I'm really excited in a lot of ways for the current, the current WWE product in the future with Endeavor and this whole TKO thing, because outside of the obvious like management and Vince and like that kind of stuff, which there's still a lot of question marks with like kind of that stuff, you know what I mean? Like what, and there's obviously the controversy when it comes to all of that, for sure. Not ignoring that. That's like the elephant in the room, obviously, but on like the actual production side, like that trailer they put together for WrestleMania looks incredible. Like you can tell that they're really going next level with like the Hollywood style production. And that's what the rock brings also as like a character on the show. Like what it, what it looked like I was seeing on Thursday was like the first scene of like a movie. I know that sounds kind of corny, but like, it really is like this. It's like the, the rock and it's like the rock understanding the, the position he's in the position, the company's in in like the position Cody's in. And being like, well, I'm, in, I'm pretty much like in charge of the company now, like in, in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, The Rock has a lot of pull, what they're going to do with him and with other people on the show. And for him to like recognize the pivot and be like, okay, I'm going to lean in. Like they want to boo me. They want to say Rocky sucks. They want to, they want to, we want Cody movement. Screw it. Let's, let's give them what they want. Like let's actually just give the fans what they want. You know, and like that's kind of how it feels in a lot of ways, and like it just the production of it all just just come, it comes across just, it comes across like new and innovative. Like we've been seeing like the Kevin Dunn style for like forever, and it just kind of feels like 
on top of the management changes and stuff like that, we're, we're seeing like a lot of cool production, even on like raw, just certain ways that stuff is shot and certain video packages and certain interview segments and stuff. Like it just, it just seems like it is, it is really fresh. It really does feel like a new era. And I feel like the rock leaning in the way he is to this heel thing is like a really good sign of them. Like actually listening to the fans. Yeah. Um, they, they do cool graphics when they go to commercial breaks. <clears throat> now I saw the, the WrestleMania 40, they say it's called trailer. Um, and that was, that was done very well. It does. It does look like they are setting up a tag team match for night one based on one, what happened at the press conference to that whole trailer three Seth's promo on Monday, where he said he would be Cody shield. Um, you know, Seth is <laughs> Seth is going to face the winner of the elimination chamber. I assume at night two, uh, of WrestleMania, but I assume this main event's night one. So, what do you do in that match if it happens? Like, how are you booking that? That's a good question <clears throat> because it depends. Ultimately, it really doesn't matter as long as Cody wins on night two. Like, there's a lot of ways they can go with that. Like, I'm a. I mean, the the like, Roman's not getting pinned night one. Yeah, I think that you know would what be I mean. I think that would be very stupid to pin Roman. And it's weird to pin Seth or Cody. It's weird. To, I mean, The Rock is really the one who should probably take the L. But like, I don't see that happening either. It's a that's actually a really good question of like, I honestly haven't really thought about like who actually would win the tag team match. Like in in storyline. That would be the best opportunity probably for Damian Priest to just come and cash in when no when no one's expecting it. Um, you know, but I, but then you have like... The no one wins a tag team match. Damian Priest just wins the tag team match. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's your out. Damian Priest comes out and... Um, but that's a good question. I think the, like the most likely person in that match to take an L is probably... It's probably Seth because I don't. I don't think you can have Cody or Roman lose before the right before night two, and I just don't see The Rock losing. So I really, I really don't know. I mean, there's a chance Cody could lose, and it makes you think like, oh, he's not going to finish the story tomorrow night. But I don't know why he'd really do that with the momentum he's got. I, I Rock makes the most sense. By the way, uh, G Ramsey. I don't think it's the real Gordon Ramsey, but if it is, what up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we are speculating on this it's not false info we are simply giving our opinion based on what is out there I, we've never said this is definitely the main event this is definitely the main event we know what matches are booked and then we're speculating based on the rest of the <laughs> does anyone actually think that the rock and cody isn't the night two main event though at this point oh I rock mean, and roman you mean i'm roman saying and cody? roman and cody i'm sorry yeah, yeah like i mean like, that's, that obviously is the night two i mean yeah but we're not we're not reporting it gordon ramsey you'll learn how to make your grilled cheese sandwich already come on man I'm sure y'all see that video. Um, I, I think if they do the tag team match night one, I think Cody losing actually builds to the story. As long as he's winning night two. Now, I have trollingly said that Cody should just... Cody Roman should stack Cody and Seth night one. And then he just <laughs> beats Cody night two. Just Roman. Roman just wins both matches, disposes of these losers, and then maybe you can find somebody to beat him next year. <laughs> then oh, The man. Rock has to step up and be like, you did well. 
You know, you beat <laughs> Seth and Cody. You beat the Cody Crybabies. You you beat the 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 Seth. What, what can work with uh what, what's alliteration with uh Seth Rollins? The the Seth shitheads. Oh uh, yeah. All that. <laughs> And but now, can you beat the people? Can you beat the high chief? Can you beat the rock? Like, let's have this battle that we were supposed to have before the crybabies and the shitheads took over, right? And then yeah. WrestleMania 41, we get Rock and Roman. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways they can get to all this stuff, but which, which is also exciting, you know, as a fan, like to not know exactly how this is gonna go, but to at least have a light at the end of the tunnel for the Cody stuff. Um, because the because the Seth. You know, the Seth stuff's interesting also because there's like that little bit in my mind and I can see some other people in the in the comments also where like does Seth turn? Like does does Cody lose again this year after all of this because somebody stabs him in the back or something? Oh. Oh. And I just I just don't think you can do that again this year. Um but I thought that last year too. Um but this year is even more like he got voted in over the rock this year. Like, come on. Um my kind of fantasy booking kind of thoughts for the rock and roman is i think something will happen where regardless of night one or even i mean we're also discounting like i know elimination chambers in like the middle of the night and that's why like certain things probably will or won't happen on that show but they could do some sort of they could do that tag team match maybe at elimination chamber instead no, of no, no. they've already they've already announced um they're doing Cody and Seth on a Grayson Waller effect at Elimination Chamber. Oh, that's all they're doing for Elimination Chamber? Yeah, for yeah. Okay, if, if they had that match for Elimination Chamber is a week from Saturday uh, as well. Like, if they were doing some big match on that, that would they'd have be definitely been it. announced. By yeah, now. yeah, they'd be promoting it. You're right. You're totally right. <clears throat> so what I'm thinking is, like, long-term for the Rock and Roman, Cody finishes the story at WrestleMania, and the way it goes down is similar to last year members of the bloodline start trying to interfere but this year cody and his his union is uh is is prepared and we uh you know kind of like one by one you know like you know you can plug and play here with who who you know who all this happens with but you know you have you have you know Jimmy trying to get involved, and Jay comes out and stops him. You have Solo come out and try to get involved. You know Seth Rollins stops him. You have um, you know anyone else? Maybe like Jacob Bachu debuts or something. You got another USO popping out of nowhere that like people weren't expecting, and you know Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are there to stop him or whatever. And like, and it makes it to where there is nothing in their way. It is just Cody and Roman. Cody has hit two crossroads back to back. And he's holding Roman up for the third one, just like last year. And there's nobody to stop him. And he hits that last one, pins him, one, two, three, and that's that. And then... I think it should be that, but as he goes for the third one, Roman escapes out, hits the rope, spear, pins Cody, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, anyways. And, you know, obviously The Rock tries to get involved. Something happens. Or maybe even The Rock ultimately screws roman over at the end of all this like maybe even he's like if something happens between now and wrestlemania where the rock doesn't want to have roman's back or something i don't know but i think the the most maybe interesting story would be is if cody cody finishes the story beats roman for the title and then roman kind of like goes away for a while which is pretty much what he's already been doing like he already is like part-time so he kind of goes away but the rock stays 
more consistently. Like he's not maybe there every show, but now he's obviously he's like an owner of the company. He's going to be there more often, at least you would think. And I would have Rock kind of like take over the bloodline. Like Roman leaves, like Roman dropped the ball. Roman's not the head of the table anymore. And the Rock sticks around and like Jimmy follows the Rock. Solo follows the Rock. Maybe even Jay gets back in that mix. Like in like the, the, the Rock kind of like reforms the bloodline, like in like you know his own way. <clears throat> and then by the time Roman comes back, he's like, what happened? Like you like you took over pretty much and like there's like a clash there and that leads to like them at WrestleMania next year, maybe. There's maybe a lot of cool stuff you can do with a story like that. And once again, we have other members of this uh of the other you know, NY family, like the whole family tree we saw there. There are other members like Jacob Pachu, for instance, being the the most likely that you know that we haven't even seen on WWE TV yet. Like you can add more to this family to the story still, even though it's been going on as long as it has, and it would be a totally new thing with The Rock being in charge of it. So I'm just trying to think kind of outside the box there too a little bit of like as far as like how would you get to Roman and The Rock? But that's that's what I feel like the plan has to be at this point is tied team match night one, Seth versus Elimination Chamber winner night two, Cody versus Roman night two, The Rock versus Roman next year. You know, you don't need a title involved in that. That's just a, a, a literal blood feud for the bloodline. And, you know, you'd have Cody making his year-long title defense and next year's WrestleMania against whoever the next... Maybe by that point, it's Seth again or something. You know, who knows? But, um, but yeah, that, that's where I'm at with all this. I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, I'm excited. I think this is, this, is all, this is all really good from a fan perspective, as far as I'm concerned. Let me, let me ask you a, a real question. It's not a troll question. Maybe a little. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Does Cody not look like a little bitch in this, in that he stepped aside. He's like, I got special counsel. Here's the rock. And the rock comes out and he confronts Roman. And then Roman agrees to face the rock. Cody says, I'm going to take everything, but not at WrestleMania. And then all of a sudden, less than a week later, he's like, this is BS. I want Roman at WrestleMania. Like you stepped aside, dude. <clears throat> yeah, and I, they, they haven't explained the whole, you know, my goalpost has changed. I, I'm going to come for you, but not at WrestleMania. They had, they haven't explained that side of this, and they probably won't because what probably actually happened in real life was they were going to do the Rock and Roman, and then like there was just too much support for Cody, and they're like, we gotta, they were maybe going to wait till SummerSlam or till this this, <clears throat> you know, MSG show everyone keeps saying is going to happen, like. I think that that's what they were probably going to do. But then the, 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 yeah, the, we want Cody movement. I'm going to say the yes movement. It basically that just, you know, they have to pull the trigger now and it's, and it's new, it's new ownership. It's new management. It's a, it's a fresh start. Like this is when you do that. Like WrestleMania is the time to do this. Like, even if there's like a bigger story technically with Cody and MSG or something like that, like, you also don't want this to become like a Lex Luger situation. And there's a lot of parallels between Cody and Lex Luger in a lot of ways. And I and I'm a Lex Luger fan. I'm not one of these people that like trashes Luger as a wrestler. Like as as a kid growing up, Lex Luger was awesome. At least from you were you're my age. Did you like Lex Luger when you were a kid growing up? Do you think he was cool? I love Lex Luger now. He freaking <clears throat> rules. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like I've always loved Lex Luger. And people get all snobby about he wasn't a great worker or this or that. It's like, dude, when you're a little kid and you see a guy that's jacked like that and he's athletic and he's up there, he's putting the, the giant in a torture rack. It's like, okay, like Torlis Luger was awesome. 
one of my favorite memories in the history, probably the, the memory <clears throat> that's my most fond of wrestling as a child is Lex Luger putting Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan in the torture rack and beating him on nitro. And was it 1997? And like the whole locker room came out and like they celebrated with them. I, I was at my friend Tom Jackson's house. I haven't seen this guy in probably 20 years, Tom Jackson. And I just, I remember we were, it was like we had the night off, the day off school the next day or something. I was staying at his house on a Monday night and we were watching Nitro as kids. And it's like, so like, I, I love, I love Lex Luger. I got, and, and Lex and Sting as like a, as like a team and the friendship all those years and stuff. Like I was always, he's always been a Sting guy. So like, I was always a Sting and Luger guy. So like, anyway, the one, the one knock you can have on Lex Luger is they never actually went all the way with him and they never actually got, you know, gave him the WWF championship and he had, the, the WrestleMania opportunity he had multiple opportunities where they could have done it. Um, and you just don't want Cody to fall into that, you know, where people stop believing in him. And it's like, well, you've gotten two WrestleMania opportunities and you've lost it twice. Like, and then like the cheers kind of start dying down. The woe thing starts dying down. Like they pick somebody new that they want to get behind. Can't let all that happen. Like you've done, you're, you, you've been looking for your new John Cena for so long and you can go back to, you know, the Hulkster and then like the Austin, like, like the Hulkster area, the Austin area, the, the era, the Cena era. Like you've always, they've always had like that top baby face for their company. And they haven't had that in, in a long time, really, since Cena hasn't been full time for so long. And their top guy has been a heel in Roman or they, they tried to make him a baby face. And it didn't work, you know, for so many years. And, and it's like, it's like you actually, like Cody's it. Like he's right. You actually you found him. You actually got one. You got it. You got your Cena. So like you you gotta in WrestleMania is it's like the, the timing and everything is perfect. And Cody losing last year, people were thirsting to see him win it. And the other thing that's interesting about this too, which is fun, it's scary as a Cody fan, but it's fun as a wrestling fan. It's still Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns still has a ma- his his massive fan base of people that want to see him beat Cody. So like, this is this is it. I mean, and he still might. It's still we, Roman won last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, I think it's unlikely. I think you got to really, you got to pull the trigger on Cody right now. The time's now for sure. But like, it makes it it makes it interesting because it's like it's still Roman, and Roman still got his fan base. And they could still want to do the Roman versus the Rock match for the title next year, maybe. Like, maybe they are going to have Roman hold on to it for another year and do that. Like, it's a possibility. I do think Cody needs to explain why he kind of changed course. Uh, the easiest explanation would simply be when Rock and Roman were out there, they were disrespecting basically all the royal families, saying that. There's only one dominant royal family in wrestling. It's the bloodline. And that's when Cody, of course, comes out and is like, this is BS. He just basically says, like, you know, we talked about you taking down the bloodline. You're coming in. It seems like you're working with Roman Reigns. That's not what we discussed. That's not what we talked about. I can't have that. I can't have another part-time champion. I can't have another Hollywood person holding this title the fans deserve better the wwe deserves better that's why i stepped in now it he he tweeted or instagrammed on thursday before the event of like i've made my decision so it made it seem like he'd already made his decision then to potentially go after um 
Roman or Seth, and and maybe his decision was Seth until Rock started talking and Roman started talking at that press event, and then Cody was like, "All right, no, I can't can't stand for this. I have to cut this off. I have to face Roman Reigns type of thing." But you need that explanation because otherwise, it just looks like Cody comes out and is just like, "I choose Roman because I don't like, I I don't know because." I don't like the way The Rock was talking, but at least say that instead of trying to just surmise all of this. Because otherwise, and you came out, you gave your spot to The Rock. They did what they were going to do. And then you just look like an idiot for stepping in The Rock spot. We understand it. Like, we understand why because of the fan reaction, like behind the scenes stuff. We understand all that. But it's still nice to explain these things on television. Yeah, you're... I mean, that's, that's actually a really good, that's, a, that's all fair. Everything you just said actually is like, so it's actually like almost like too logical for wrestling. Like actually just like explaining, like, you know, <clears throat> because it makes, it makes, nobody likes an Indian giver, right? River, no tasty backsies. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, dude, you gave it to the rock. Like, and I, you know what I mean? But I think that the, that explanation, that explanation though, is actually great that you just gave of like, if the raw, if, if Cody were to come out and be like, yo, hold on. Like, yeah, we agreed to this, but I didn't realize you were teaming up with the dude. Like this isn't, we didn't talk about you coming back and joining Roman. So you can make the most money for WrestleMania as like for yourself, you know, like, cause that's, that's all the rock. When the rock was cutting that, that heel promo on Thursday, that there was, it was really heavy on, who's ready to see the biggest grossing pay-per-view of all time, you know, the biggest stars of all time versus each other, you know, bloodline versus bloodline generational. And it isn't about like the title really, or like, who's the best. It's like, who's ready to see this attraction? Cause we're both attractions. And Cody's like, you know, this is about the WWE championship that my father held that was taken from him that I've been trying to win my entire life. Like, screw this box office stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be the best in the world and I'm trying to win this championship. And I, and I, by the way, to do that, you got to take out Roman Reigns. And, and, and the other thing is the whole, you know, Cody saying he wants to take everything from, from Roman. You still accomplish that with this. As, as long as you get the championship from him and there's some sort of dissension between between Roman and The Rock by like the end of WrestleMania or like these the plans the seeds start getting planted where like the bloodline crumbles or Ro- or Roman gets booted from the bloodline or something like that's that's Cody winning this and like get it the other thing we're not considering is like down the line Roman will probably want another chance to get this back from Cody too like and there's a story in that also potentially like I don't see Roman like having a title run like this Cody winning and then Roman like getting it right back but let's not forget that like i mean it's roman reigns is still going to be in the company like he's still going to be at a top level and they'll they'll probably build to him and the rock heavily until next year is what i'm guessing but like you know it just i i like what you're saying though jeremy that like they should come up with an explanation somewhat or similar to or maybe even exactly like what you just laid out because that that fills up a lot of the plot holes in this and that's the one thing they need to figure out is explaining to the fans why Cody actually stepped aside to begin with and then why he decided outside of the, we want Cody movement. Like you already knew the fans wanted you like listening to the crowd. So like, 
yeah, they need to explain that side of it, the 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 stepping aside and then stepping back in and like what actually led to these both to both of those decisions. Got a bunch of super chats. Um Tommy says Roman simping to Dwayne was <clears throat> wild. It's logical in that if you look at the guess who family tree, Rock is a a high chief, and that is higher than a tribal <laughs> chief. So Roman kind of following falling in line and following the rock actually makes a little bit of, of sense. You know, it's weird to see because Roman's been such a mythical dominant figure in WWE where everybody just kind of bows to him to see him kind of bow to somebody was a little awkward. But again, if you look at just, you don't even have to look at this bloodline family tree. You could just look at overall, the rocks a bigger star than Roman reigns. That's, that's just how it is. Um, Roman's a big star in the world of WWE rocks, a big star in the world. Um, so it makes sense that Roman would kind of fall back a little bit to the rock. It is kind of jarring to see though, when you're, we're so used to seeing Roman be way up here in the WWE hierarchy though. And, and the rock is also like physically larger than Roman too. Like, like even like just aesthetically, when you look at the two of them next to each other, the rock just kind of looks like the alpha between the two of those guys. Like it just, even the way he just carries himself, it just kind of like, like when, <clears throat> when they were walking backstage and, um, was it uh is it ja- is her name Jackie that does the, the Jackie Redmond? Is that is that her name? Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Woman. But she she it's funny because like she was standing next to Drew McIntyre uh, on the Raw, I think. And Drew's a big dude, but he's like, I say only. <clears throat> Drew's probably like six four, six five, which is big. But like, you know, next to her, he looks seven feet tall, you know what I mean? But like I, I just remember I think it was Jackie was was interviewing was interviewing somebody at triple h i think that's what it was she was talking to triple h and and this was on thursday and like when the rock and roman came by and started talking about like you don't talk shit about our family like this is what happens you need to fix this blah 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 like the like the rock was saying all that to triple h face to face and then roman was just kind of behind him like yeah like you better do what he says you know and like yeah it's just like it is it is a little jarring Roman's getting bitched down by Nick Aldis. He ain't gonna step to Triple H. You know, he's beating him at a WrestleMania, but he has, <laughs> he has. Um, and I, did you call it the Guess Who Trust? The Guess Who? Uh... Yeah, I can't take credit for that. A lot of people have, have said it oh, really? like a Guess Who board. Um, when you but... guess who, it's a mystery. I thought that thing was like a big old giant game of Hangman or something because you couldn't read anything <sighs> up there until they finally did like the. Have you guys seen Chuck Norris lately? He's still kicking butt, staying active well into his 80s. What's even more shocking is he looked more jacked than ever and seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick, a revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix it with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike the other green drinks out there, this one tastes exactly like strawberry lemonade, has hundreds of five-star reviews. I love the taste of this. I love the way that I feel after drinking it. I've never felt better. My digestion is smoother. Body looks leaner. I have energy all day. I just feel younger. And the flavor is so much better than other green drinks. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash fightful for up to 44 percent off your regular priced order every purchase is packed with a 90-day money-back guarantee so if you want to experience smoother digestion 
boost of energy, and overall a healthier body, go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash Fightful today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply close-up shot and everything. It's like, The Rock's like, take a look! And then the crowd just doesn't react at all. It's like, oh, cool, here's a friggin' tree with a bunch of words on it that no one can read. Great. <laughs> but it did, uh, it made for a lot of great memes. I see a lot of people, like, green-screening that and, like, putting, like, their own stuff on it, which has been pretty funny to watch. Um, uh, oh. Oh, no, Dial- go ahead. Dial- Dial- Film says, Cody versus Roman in Hollywood Rock. Yes, it's so much cooler than his struggle last year. So long as Cody wins, this justifies his loss last year. And Rock brings the mainstream attention to it. Great. Cody should lose. I think it's much more hilarious. Cody loses. No, not the Cody losing part, but the rest of that is 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 facts. You know, and I said it last year that, like, Cody couldn't be any hotter than it was last year, and they dropped the ball massively. And I still stand by the fact that he should have won the title last year for, like, a lot of reasons. But... But what if he could be even hotter next year when Raw's on Netflix and it's the first Mania Netflix? Like, you got to think about that, too. Well, I think with that, you market it as Cody Rhodes, you know, has been the face of the company for a year, making his one-year title defense at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And then then the the Netflix thing is also, like, The Rock and Roman is, you know, on Netflix, WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's big. I think that's how you do that. You know, Rock never beat Austin at WrestleMania until the third try. I mean, Cody couldn't beat Roman at WrestleMania until the third try. Yeah, I I don't like that idea. It's way too much. Uh, it's way too much waiting, and I'm <clears throat> too much. Thing, too many things can happen. It's too people get hurt, stuff happens, contracts, this and that. Like I, I just you can't you can't wait any longer on the Romans or on the, on the Cody stuff with Roman. You, you got to have Cody win now. But you are right. It did take The Rock three uh, three attempts at Steve Austin at WrestleMania, and he finally yeah. beat him on that third one. And Austin was like in the hospital like overnight and everything. That's such a wild story. Austin's well, I shouldn't say Austin's last match. He did come back and wrestle Kevin Owens like twenty something years later. But Tommy Maynard says Cody finishes the story, <laughs> then holds down SmackDown in USA in twenty twenty five. Where does Roman go next? He's got to turn face on the heel Rock for next WrestleMania. Jensen laid out a very good scenario with uh, Roman. And Rock building to next year's WrestleMania. That's uh, that's very possible. Um, now I do. Roman already only works like one show a month now. Anyways, we're probably setting up for a Roman Reigns face turn at some point with this, just because you know every good heel typically goes face, and the the reaction for that is huge. I, I assume we'll get that at some point. Um, and part of your explanation for things with Rock basically kind of forming the new bloodline and as Tommy says, the new core, new corporation, corporate rock, um, which is a very real possibility coming off of WrestleMania. But we'll, we'll see if, uh, if that's the direction they decide to go or if rock can turn the people back on his side. Once Cody is out of the picture. Cause I do think people want to cheer for the rock. It's just Cody was such an overwhelming baby face and such an overwhelming choice for WrestleMania. That's like, yeah, we like the rock, but like, We've we've been invested in this story for a year, year plus, really, really since Cody's return, two years. Like we we like The Rock, but uh, 
how about you actually pay off this guy that we've been cheering for for the last two years? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just got to time is up. My time is now, now, now. You got to, you got to. That's yeah, who should end Roman's run, John Cena. <clears throat> well, I was also thinking that like Cena could be one of the people that like helps stop one of the bloodline members. Like maybe he gets in the rocks way or something. Cause like Cena has given the Cody endorsement. Like he hugged him. The, the the Cena thing, I think I've seen you tweet about this too, and I, I agree. Why the hell did they have Cena lose to Austin Theory? Like that was so like that that that, that served nothing for anybody other than making me think John Cena's lamer than he was before that, which is which is like which is kind of hard to do because like it's John Cena and he, like he's the goat, you know, for WWE, and it's like he just oh I hated that loss. I I was very certain John Cena was winning that match especially once they announced that it was going to be like the opening match of wrestlemania like this is the first match of, of the two night wrestlemania is like oh they're gonna go out there and kick this off nice john cena gets the u.s title he can and do the open challenge there yeah he can do the open challenge gimmick on raw and then if he loses then like fine but like he's not gonna lose austin theory they lost in theory. They've done nothing with Austin Theory. I actually meant to look this up because I was thinking about this. Somebody uh, had a, had a tweet. I'm sure it was one of these engagement accounts of like who's going to be the next WWE champion, and it was like LA Knight. Um, who else was was part of this list? Gunther, Austin Theory, and then it was somebody else. It was like. The third person also was like kind of somebody who Jay, it was Jay Uso is like, who would you want to be like the next WWE champion? And I'm like, one of these guys is not like the other, like LA Knight's over, very over still Jay's very over Gunther is Gunther. It's like Austin theory is just who the fuck cares about this guy. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. And then and then Cena also got pretty much squashed by Solo, didn't he? Recently? Which was, yeah, that was complete. Like, which is fine, but then they've done nothing to build up on that with Solo. Like, I don't <clears throat> mind him losing to Solo because you had built Solo very well. You had been protecting Solo, but then you didn't follow up with it at all. Like, the theory stuff didn't make sense because, like, you hadn't really built him that great. He was just kind of the U.S. champion, but no one really cared. And then, you know, he lost, and then there was no follow-up the solo stuff you'd at least built him protected him solo only lost like the week of wrestlemania when he lost to whoever roman was about to face otherwise solo wouldn't lose him at all so since theory's victory over john cena he has been he was in the triple threat match at backlash where he retained the title he was in the SummerSlam battle royal he faced ray for the title at payback and then he was in the royal rumble that's it He's been in one singles match on pay-per-view PLE since he beat John Cena. It's not great. Wild. That's that's terrible. Like yeah. coming off of the rub of beating John Cena at WrestleMania, that's terrible. I'm not even I mean, blaming Austin Theory. I just don't know like why that move was made. Well, I, I blame Austin Theory because <laughs> he's not good. <clears throat> I mean, the booking hasn't been good of him, certainly, but I just also don't think he's that guy. When aren't they? I haven't seen much of him honestly since that match. Like, isn't isn't he just doing stuff with like Grayson Waller now anyway? Yeah, like, Grayson Waller outshines them every single time too. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I'm not super high on Grayson Waller's in ring work. One, I don't think he's like fully given opportunities to 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 showcase himself in the ring. His finisher, he's got to change that because it's like an out rolling outside inside the ring stunner. It's like, eh, 
That's that's not gonna work all the time. Um, but Waller just eats eats them up in segments and like on the microphone and stuff. And there's a reason why like Grayson Waller gets the Grayson Waller effect with with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at Elimination Chamber and Austin Theory might not even be on that show because he's just he's just there. He's he's a lackey. Right. Well, and also, I, like Tommy said in the chat, and other people were saying, the, the, another thing that I should have brought up is, yeah, that the Austin Theory over Cena thing was also a Vince call, and like things are definitely changing with that. Like, so. But I don't think Triple H fully dislikes all. Like he was pushing him in NXT, NXT yeah, a little bit. Like he was, he was one of those evolved guys that, that Triple H was keeping an eye on. I don't think like he's fully down on austin theory i i just think that austin theory is not good and it's 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 kind of been obvious that he he is where he's at like there's a place for austin theory i don't want anybody to think that like oh there's no place for him there is there's always a place for these guys but top of the card future of the company next john cena like some people wanted to say like he wanted to say ain't it just ain't it yeah i'm i'm with you and I, I, by the way, everybody can go back and check the tape. I've been saying this since last year on yeah. this stuff, like <clears throat> before Cena even entered the picture. I vividly remember Theory did like this backstage promo, um, like the week before Cena was supposed to like return and have the big confrontation with Theory. Theory did this backstage promo and he looked very scared. Like he, you could just see it. He was not comfortable in this backstage promo. And I said, after that promo, I was like, Cena is going to be back next week. Cena is going to eat this man alive on the microphone. You can tell this dude is not ready for the moment. He couldn't, he couldn't control himself in a backstage promo when John Cena was not in front of him. He's going to get eaten up in the ring when fine speech is standing across the ring from him. (coughs) And he did couple super chats more uh roman looked like jimmy behind the rock and yeah, rock's a big dude man clanging and banging big dude tommy also says i know he has the heart thing this is our world where triple h gets cleared for medical advancements and we get triple h versus the rock it feels like they're setting that up but i don't think there is a uh i don't think triple h gets cleared for that i don't it'd be cool if he did because if he got cleared, no, you, can, you can do that and you also you have him versus cody like no. we still gotta finish that story Triple H and Cody, like, fine. Triple H and The Rock, like, d- the last Triple H matches were not good. I don't know if The Rock can, like, get through a 10-minute a, a match, honestly. Like, I think a, a Triple H and Rock match, given both of their conditions in 2024, would be god-awful. <clears throat> it still bothers me that... uh Sting had to take the L to Triple H because yeah, they thought they were going to do the Rock and Triple H the next year, and that didn't wind up happening. Stupid. Tommy else says Cody is white hot right now. Literally got the the brass and the Rock to uh, back down from Rock and Roman. You you have to go with him. Yeah, go with him to lose it to Roman Reigns. Stacked. <laughs> Tommy says I still think it's money on the table for Cena Hogan WCW heel turn. Jane Bowman. I think there is too, but like Cena ain't turning heel at this point it just it ain't happening like he gets cheered every single time he's back now and i don't think there's enough of a full-time run with cena to do like a heel thing like he's not coming back for extended period of time i don't think yeah the closest thing we got was like the 
like kind of like the the nod to that in the Firefly Funhouse match. Like I think that's the yeah. closest that we're gonna get when he came out kind of doing like the Hollywood Cena NWO thing. Like they kind of like nodded to like the fan base of like you know you always wanted it, you never really got it. This is kind of us saying like what would have happened if it would have happened kind of thing. But he's not he's not full time enough to. I mean, I uh, like Tommy said like I think like you could do it. Like it might be interesting, but you'd have to have Cena there like on a more regular basis again for it to like matter. So. Otherwise, what's the point of having like a heel Cena come in like occasionally? Like that just wouldn't make sense. You, you yeah. want him getting the pops. Uh, Shy Thomas first says, if Triple H becomes a face corporate character after that Roman press conference, I'm going to feel a certain type of way. Fair. Honestly, very fair. Like I don't really, I don't like authority figures uh, in, in wrestling unless it is a Nick Aldis, Adam Pierce type where they're just kind of filling a role of matchmaker, decision maker, type of person i don't need them to build to a match that doesn't actually <clears throat> happen i don't like that right. um and i triple h you know taking these shots at, at rock and roman and everything if it's not going to build to anything just don't do it um, yes what i was airing to see in the comments hope you're doing well dude Andrew's area, nice, nice eyebrows. Uh, Dalla for film says I still boo Cena every time. Cena sucks forever. Eh, look, he he enjoys it, so I respect it. Tommy says Mania forty one heel rock face Roman and Hollywood Cena versus Cody. Look, I'm I'm for. I do think they should do like a Cena and Cody match at some point. I think that would be awesome, but I, I don't I know if they will go to that. Well, also <clears throat> Cena, I think like. You know, Steve Austin kind of said recently, like, yeah, I have an opponent in mind, but like the stars would have to kind of align perfectly. And I don't even want to put the name out there. I think Cena could be who he's talking. There's a few people who could be talking about CM Punk. Obviously, people want to see and stuff. But I mean, the the main matches that we never got for for Steve Austin one on one were Hogan, which I don't see that happening. Oh. Um, Hogan not looking good. The last time I saw Hulk Hogan was when uh, Nick got in this this most recent. Uh, DUI and like the body cam footage showed Hulk and he's like walking around with a cane and I was like I don't think this guy's returning to the ring. Um, <clears throat> so you'd have like Austin and uh, Austin and Hogan not going to happen. Austin and Cena is possible still though. Like that one, that one we might get. And then Austin and CM Punk would be really the other one that I think people would want to see. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there too. There are still some dream matches for John Cena to have. I think Austin would be one, and I think Cody Rhodes would be one as well. I think Cena and Cody would do pretty big business as well. See, it'd be awesome though if like Cena hadn't taken these L's like yeah. that we've seen recently. Well, like it looks weird. I said that when it looked like Rock was coming in to face Roman. Like, you know, it, Cena and Cody would be a nice little pivot here if you know we can't get Cody this match at WrestleMania. But the problem is you've kind of neutered Cena with losses to Theory and Solo. Like people would still want the match. I don't think anybody would be down on a Cena versus Cody match. In respect to to Rock and Roman, yes, they would because everybody wanted Cody in that spot. But Cody otherwise, it looked like I didn't know what he was going to do. Seth, nobody really wanted Seth. And then anybody else, Gunther, Drew, those are fine. But Cena is still a big business, big box office match that could tell a great story. But they just cut Cena off with these losses. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 agree. Uh, anything else from from WWE? No, but this is a pretty easy transition into the first AEW spotlight. <laughs> True, we can go into AEW. Where is the AEW bumper? All, all I see is the Punk one. Oh, here we go. 
uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. AW last night, Cody Rhodes still runs that company, apparently. So we got the, the Young Bucks, Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. They beat Top Flight. Afterwards, Darby Allen comes out, runs them off. He was very upset about um, very upset about the attack last week after him and Sting won the tag titles. And the Young Bucks came out and bloodied them up. They're still wrestling in the bloody suits. They've not changed clothes, apparently, for an entire week. Uh, maybe they should take a shower. You know, uh, Set a good example for everybody by taking showers using deodorant. Darby was upset, and he said, you know, there used to be an EVP here who looked out for other people. I'm not talking about Kenny Omega. And then the cha- the crowd chanted for Cody. said, when did this become all friends wrestling? The first episode of Dynamite, I wasn't on it. You know who was? Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler just catching strays. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want your match at Revolution, we'll face you at Revolution. Kind of a polarizing promo from I've seen a lot of reactions to this, Jensen. What, what were your thoughts about it? I mean, I like the promo. He's calling him out like him, you know, the Young Bucks basically bringing in the whole California crew and everything, um, <clears throat> which are uh, people I'm fans of and stuff. You know, I just <clears throat> I, I like I like the promo a lot. Um, the the Cody thing without getting too into it, because we've already talked about Cody plenty this show. But y'all know how I feel about this whole about him and and I and I, I really I've said this a lot about his AEW run because you've actually mentioned it before on on our show when like you know AEW really needs a top baby face like a like a legitimate like almost like a white meat baby face at the top of that roster and because they have a lot of people that are kind of like tweeners that are are really over but like it's a lot of people that are kind of still do kind of heelish stuff and. <laughs> I remember we were like trying to think of like who would be the best person for that like the other week. And I was like, well, I mean, they already had Cody. They had Cody literally doing the same stuff he's doing on WWE in AEW. He got booed out of the company, which is it just makes you pissed off the AEW fan base, if I'm being honest. And I'm one of y'all. I'm a day one AEW. Like I had to sneak away from a, a thanks or a Thanksgiving, a New Year's party to watch the 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 reveal of AEW's logo on BTE like the like I I I am as day one as it gets for AEW I, I I mean I can't I can't move my camera but if you could see this wall next to me it's all all this is is all AEW action figures and and stuff these are all exclusive AEW figures these are all signed AEW figures I just got the Jamie Hater one of a thousand and if anyone wants to see it that just came in yesterday I'm actually gonna show that off this thing this thing this thing is sweet. So this this is a this just came in the mail yesterday. If anyone wants to see it, finally one of a thousand Jamie Hader. I ordered this thing like half a year ago. Um, but uh, so I am I am a day one AEW fan, just like just like all the AEW fans are. But the thing that that pisses me off about y'all and us is the way y'all treated Cody. I I hate it. I absolutely hate that because y'all y'all handed over the top baby face to the other company and he's not, he hadn't changed anything like any. And so yeah, you had him and now, and now what happens? Cody gets mentioned on AEW television and he gets Cody chance. They're, they're behind him now. You idiots. You had him. He was already there. Oh, it makes me so mad. And, and for Darby to bring that up, I, 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 I've said that before myself plenty of times when Cody left, 
I'm not going to sit here and try to be like, I'm behind the scenes in AEW and know what's going on. I have no idea. But like, <clears throat> there seems to be some pretty clear kind of like parallels or whatever you want to call it between Cody leaving AEW and then some like different decisions booking wise, different people getting pushed, different ways that they were pre- pre- presenting stories. Um, a lack of like new indie talent versus like mainstream kind of stars coming in. And granted, the pandemic and people getting released from the WWE that that contributed a lot to a lot of this probably. And that was I don't blame Tony Khan at all for like going after like Danielson and Punk and and Adam Cole and all these guys when they were available. Like I, I you you have to if you're Tony Khan. But there was a clear shift in at some point and it's around the time Cody left it feels like there was a there was a shift in philosophy as far as like what AEW's actual mission statement was and that's what Car- Darby Allen was talking about last night and and I agree with him so so i mean you like the promo because Cody was brought up well no i like it i like it just in general i'm a darby fan i'm a i'm a lifelong sting fan and i love this nicholas and matthew jackson thing that they're doing and how they're wearing the bloodstained uh, suits still and all this like um, and I, and I like the promo, not just because of the Cody stuff, but because like, I agreed with the entire promo. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, um, like I, I didn't, I, I loved AEW, like with all these people that Darby's kind of like, kind of putting down by saying like, it, but I also get like the Brandon Cutler stuff. Like there was nepotism going on for sure. Certain people getting certain jobs and certain roles that like they wouldn't have otherwise if the young bucks weren't in charge for sure. But I mean, like, Cody had his pick of people too. Though. Absolutely, he absolutely did. But I, but also, like, I think some of them have are leaving. You know what I mean? I know QT's coming back. That's what it looks like. But I don't know whose whose decision that really was. As far as like, it sounded like he wanted to go off and become a wrestler, and he thought he was gonna. He probably thought he was gonna get signed to the WWE, and then like it didn't happen, and now he's yeah, going back. Broke. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but but uh. And once again, there's nothing against QT Marshall. Like, I, I like QT, and I love that they've revived uh, Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling, him and Teal. Like, I've got nothing against QT. I've seen him live at CDW in Atlanta. Like, I, I like QT. But, you know, it, it's not just him. It's, you know, Jade was a, was a, was a Cody girl. Uh, Ricky's a Cody guy. MJF's a Cody guy. These are people with, like, question marks about what their future is going to look like a few years from now and, and where they're going to be going. There's a lot of Cody guys that, you know, that probably don't want to be an AEW anymore or, or aren't an AEW anymore. People behind the scenes as well. Um, but but regardless of that kind of speculation, honestly, Darby's promo is basically like I don't I don't disagree with what he's saying about the 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 change in mindset and the change in like philosophy of the company at some point went from like at some point it went from this is the company for like the almost like the misfit toys, almost like the undesirables, like people like Darby Allen who I'll never forget the first time I saw Darby Allen wrestle live. It was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He wrestled Joe Janela in a high school gym in Chattanooga. My dad came to the show with me just because he wanted to get together. He doesn't watch wrestling. And I remember my dad specifically saying about Darby Allen, he's like, "This guy is this guy is really cool. Like this, like I, this guy's really fun to watch. Like the fans love him." But it's like it's it's a it's a bummer because like you, this guy can never get to WWE, right? And I'm like. Probably not because it did all because of his size. Because AEW didn't even exist at that point. It wasn't even a concept yet. But like that's why I'm that's like that was the mission statement of AEW. It's like let's take guys like Darby Allen and Joe Janela and all these guys, Hangman Page, and these guys who are like doing well in other companies or maybe doing great on the indies, but like for whatever reason the WWE is not interested or they're not a good fit or they don't want to go to the WWE. 
this is where we can put their indie they're, we're not going to change anything about them. We're just going to take what they're doing on the indies and just put it in front of millions of people on, on the Turner networks. And at some point that philosophy changed to trying to be like, not WWE light in the same way that like TNA always has been, but like, it just, you, you know what I mean? There was a, there was a big change and they brought in a lot of superstars. There from was, the but let's, let's be honest about where they're still at. Like look who hangman page is about to be in the main event. Swerve Strickland, who was in WWE, but then, wasn't there long, certainly not enough to be considered a WWE guy in my estimation. He's in the main event. Darby Allen is working alongside Sting. Darby Allen's still at the top of the card. He's always been a featured top of the card guy in that company. Um, yeah, they got Christian, they got Copeland, but now they're working with Garcia in there. They, they're, they still have guys who are tech, not technically WWE guys who you can consider AEW homegrown guys and they're still at the top of the card. Like, I don't, there's been a, yeah, that's, Orange Cassidy. Thank you. I was wrecking my brain. I couldn't, uh, for some reason. That's a good point. Um, that's a good point, though. Like, they are still pushing a lot of, like, younger, original talent that, like, you hadn't seen. And you're right about that. You're right. Like yes, they have people who are, are coming in from other companies because that's just the way it works. You know, Takeshka is a big match against Will Ospreay. I know Will Ospreay is a New Japan guy, but like they're making Takeshi one of the top guys. They're still pushing a lot of people who are not, again, WWE people. But when you got a John Moxley, when you got a Brian Danielson, you also got to put some attention and some focus on them as well. And so they're doing that as well. It's just when they first started, they didn't have really any of these guys. John Moxley was the guy who jumped over. Everybody else, Jericho, was the guy who jumped over there's now you can argue there's still too much attention on Jericho. I, I can agree with that. Um, but otherwise they're, they're putting focus on homegrown people and they've just been fortunate enough to where a lot of people have wanted to leave WWE to come join them. And you got to put attention on them too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I also, <clears throat> and from Darby Allen's perspective, when it comes to this promo, especially directing it at the young bucks, I, I like this because that's that's a reason because because from his perspective, even though everything you just said is true, he could still be like in his own mind. Well, like this person or that person or whatever, like isn't even here anymore and they should have gotten an opportunity and they aren't because Adam Cole is over here running this devil stable that nobody cares about or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I can understand like gripes Darby Allen would have about like certain performers or maybe some of his friends that, that haven't gotten opportunities because they brought bigger names in. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're completely right about what you're saying. Like that is a good point to bring up, but <clears throat> I think also once again, it's because he's talking to the young bucks and the young bucks are supposed to be heels and they're supposed, and, and, and they're supposed to be leaning into the idea of the nepotism as heels right now. Like even, even, Brandon Cutler was like tweeting about this last night. He was like, he said something. Oh, he's about... been tweeting. It's been <clears throat> very funny. Cutler tweets every single week of the Young Bucks. Like sources tell me backstage that right. Tony Giovanni is out of line. He's going to get fined. <laughs> he, they, he did get fined last night for talk, disparaging the Young Bucks. So my thing with the promo was uh, I wish Darby had maybe a little bit more focus on the attack and still wearing the suits, the bloody suits, going after Sting's family and things like that. And like you can still save these things, but maybe save them for a week or two. I wish the focus was a little bit more on what actually happened last week because that was still fresh 
and everybody's mind where you didn't need to go all fully inside baseball on kind of the first promo out of the gate here. I don't think they were, he was wrong for doing it. I know AEW this has been a staple of AEW, right? Like from the very first show they were going <laughs> not, not necessarily shots at WWE, but just, Hey, let's talk kind of inside baseball kind of things. Let's talk real life kind of things. Um, and, and the crowd pops at that. Cause most of the audience understands that kind of stuff. That's why there was a Cody chant last night. The, the audience gets it. I do wish there was a little bit more focus on the actual attack that happened last week instead of, you know, oh, I'm only here because Cody signed me. He's the only sane person. You guys resigned here because it was easy and you wanted an easy life. Like, it's like, okay, like, so did you want him to go to WWE where it would have been more difficult and they wouldn't have been able to travel? <coughs> Like, yeah, that's a little a little too much. Um, but they again, this is what AEW has done. This is what they've always done. I've accepted it. But I think you gotta do a better job sometimes balancing that stuff. And when you have a hot beatdown angle like they had last week, you gotta call more attention to it instead of go straight for the insider stuff. That's a good point. That's a good point. And, and like, and that's also a good way of explaining kind of because like Jeff Valley driver in the chat was saying it wasn't a shoot promo, which is true. Like, that's why I'm looking for like this Darby would say these things as a character to heal young bucks. But like you're saying, and like Jeff's actually saying also in the chat, I, I think we're all agreeing here because AEW does mix the real, the real and the, the work, the work and the shoot so often, like there, there's a lot of inside baseball stuff going on. So like, you have to consider that too. So I'm with you, but overall I like, I mean, I like the, I mean, I'm hyped for Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks. I, I think that they've done a really good job of making the Young Bucks really unlikable. One thing that I think Darby could bring up that I don't, I mean, I shouldn't say could. I, I, like, if he if he somehow brought up CM Punk to the Young Bucks, I think that that would be super interesting because <clears throat> Darby, you don't even have to say his name. I don't know how that works with the NDAs and stuff, but, like, CM Punk came into w, or sorry, came into AEW in storyline to wrestle Darby Allen. Like he came in and he was like, Darby Allen's my favorite wrestler. Like, I want to get back into this. This guy's motivating me to get back in the ring. And I want to come back to wrestling and, and take on Darby Allen. And then the two of them kind of formed a bond. And like, even, uh, even CM Punk's last televised match outside of the pay-per-view, I was there live in Atlanta and he teamed as a, it was a, it was a match where I believe it was sting Darby, hook and cm punk all teamed together and i think it was for collision taping i'm pretty sure um and and like even then like 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 darby and punk were still like aligned like and you could even bring that into this somehow to make the young bucks look even worse and be like y'all lost y'all know who you lost and why you lost them back in the way you guys are acting you know what i mean if they want to really lean into this whole evp mm-hmm. heel young buck thing like you, you can get some really, you can get the CM Punk fans that still love CM Punk hating even harder on the Young Bucks if you play it certain ways. So just kind of throwing that out there too. Uh, Maggie, Maggie leaves a message. Hope you're doing well, Maggie. Um, I didn't understand Darby's promo because he's been heavily pushing AEW. He beat Samoa Joe. Like that, I get that point. Um, I think Darby's point was just like, I would have never gotten these opportunities if it wasn't for Cody. And then I had to make the most of it for myself. But yeah, Darby isn't can't really be one complaining about a spot when he has always had a spot again cody is the one and this was his point of like i wouldn't have had this if the young bucks were just picking it picking their friends and everything i'm here because cody was here and then i worked hard to keep all of this but it it is a little rich for darby 
to just be like, I definitely wouldn't be here because of you guys. And like, I'm being held down now that Cody's gone. It's like, nah, you've done pretty much well from <laughs> yeah. the very start that you've been here. That's true. That's, that's very true. So yeah, yeah we can move um, on to the next topic. Well, side down square says Cody screwed Cody. <laughs> Cody. Uh, there you go. Um, the, uh, the other AEW spotlight is the triple threat match between Samoa Joe, Hangman Page, and Swerve Strickland. <laughs> Samoa Joe comes out and he's like, I brought back the ranking system. I, I said, bring your record, bring your reputation. And then here comes these two idiots. They fought to a draw and it, loserdom is rewarded here. AEW had, likes to associate themselves as a natural allegiance to losers. And that is unlike <coughs> AEW. It's like a crime has been committed. And now people will pay, and I'm going to kick both of their asses. Swerve comes out. He's not happy, and he says, you know, this wasn't personal. You're making this personal. I'm here to build my legacy. I'm here to prove that I'm the top of the top, and I'm going to do that by defeating you. And then Hangman Page comes out. I love this from Hangman. Just don't write that I was mad. Do not put out there that I was mad and upset. It was a very online thing of like nobody don't don't tell everybody that I was angry. I didn't I never logged off. But I was not upset about this. He's like, I agree with you, Joe. Like he did not win. He he did not get a victory over me. He should not be in this match. And then Joe is just like, I don't give a shit about your dispute. I'm kicking both your asses at Revolution. And that's that. This was awesome. I, I, I thought this was great from everybody involved. Like Samoa Joe, <clears throat> at least making some sort of storyline reason for the rankings to be back. Like, you know, because the rankings are controversial and I don't think they're going to stick for very long. But <clears throat> for Joe to be like, listen, they're back because like I'm trying to I want clear contenders, so I know exactly whose ass I'm going to kick in which order. That's a that's a badass champion right there. Like line him up so I can knock him down. I, I love that. Swerve coming out and and cutting his his promo, and the fans were super behind him. And you know, if we weren't so fresh in the Samoa Joe title reign, I would say strap up Swerve now probably. But like I don't I don't know if you want to because Joe's doing so good. So like. But the fans want Swerve, and like he's the most over as like a baby face as of these three, which is strange because we've talked about it before. He the whole home invasion thing wasn't that long ago, and like threatening a child and whatnot. But like, hey, it's pro wrestling, you know. We can we can we can work our way. We can do mental gymnastics to to cheer for this guy. Um, but he's he's been he's been killing it, absolutely killing it. And so like you have that from Swerve basically saying like I'm coming for this title and it's my time to do this. And then, yeah, I love the Hangman stuff because Hangman is working as a heel, but, like, he also isn't, like, not really lying about anything either. Like, but he's also kind of shook because it's Swerve. Like, because of his history with Swerve, you can tell he doesn't want anything to do with this guy anymore. So it's like, dude, you didn't beat me. Neither of us won. But you didn't beat me. And you had to beat me to get in this match. And you didn't do that. But Joe just being like, I don't care. I'm going to kick both your asses. See ya. It's like, I love, I love that in a, in a world champion. Samoa Joe's mindset. Just like, I don't care who it is. As long as you're worthy, just get in line, get your spot. But it isn't fair to Joe to have to, to defend this in a triple threat either. Like storyline wise, like why should he have to do that? He should be able to just wrestle hangman or just wrestle swerve. But 
Um, it makes for an interesting match because it'll be a good triple threat. Samoa Joe's history of triple threat matches is like through the roof. He has great triple threats. So like, um, so yeah, no, I I I love this segment and I'm hyped for the match. I like and dude, you called this triple threat scenario like over a month ago. So you know, you you were right on the money. I'm very curious into how they book this triple threat match because I don't feel like Samoa Joe should lose the title this early. His it's it's it hasn't been a long reign, less than two months, but like he's really established himself and held held things down after that MJF run <laughs> of like, yeah, this is the dude you should probably be building around right now. But Swerve, the upward momentum he's created since last year to now, it's like it's kind of tough to deny him. Hangman is the the one where it's like, uh, I can see it, but like the heel turn has been very good. Even though I think Hangman is should be a top notch baby face. Like they they've pivoted very well with this heel turn. And like I wouldn't fully hate him as the champion. My gut tells me Samoa Joe wins. Um Wade Keller, PW Torch. I, I don't want to pass this off as my own idea. I read this from him. Uh he he said that he thinks the finish might be like a double submission where Joe has Hangman in a submission, Swerve has Joe in a submission, and Hangman taps out to ensure Swerve does not win. So Hangman just decides he's going to tap out, so Joe <laughs> wins, so Swerve does not win. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. I would have never considered that, but hmm. basically he hates Swerve so much that he he hates Swerve more than he wants to be the, the AEW champion again. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. It's, it's creative. It's I, I I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. So I don't I don't know where they're gonna go with it. Um. I I could see I could see um. Maybe hang. I was gonna say Hangman pin Swerve, but Swerve it's off of a Samoa Joe thing. I could see Swerve pinning Hangman and just Hangman just can't beat Swerve. Just, just he can't do it. Um. Yeah. I, I do like the double submission. Thing though, because I think that accomplishes a lot of goals for that match. Maybe Samoa Joe just stacks them, and then Cody comes back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 leaning towards Samoa Joe retaining, just because it's he's killing it. But once again, so is Swerve, and so is Hangman in his own right. I mean, these guys are all great. I'm a fan of all three. I'm okay with any of them being the world champion. But like Hangman's already been the champion, but he's a lot different now than he was the last time. So I mean, it's it's interesting. Top. Tommy says, was Joe on Rock's tree? I thought they were related. I don't think they are. I'm pretty they sure he was not. on tree. And I'm they are pretty not. sure they're I'm, not related. I'm pretty sure he's like the only, I say the only, but he's, I say like, as far as like mainstream long-term that we know at this high of a level in pro wrestling, Samoa Joe's like the only, he's like the only like legitimate Samoan that I know of that like isn't in that family. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not in, uh, is not related to the rock. They would have heavily played that up with Joe and Roman on WWE if that if they were actually related. Because Joe they, Joe Joe came in and beat Roman a couple times. Who forget they were aligned very briefly, very briefly. Um like Roman got attacked in like the parking lot or whatever and Samoa Joe. I think this is when they did the they did like the Who Done It on Roman and it turns out it was Eric Rowan and Brian Danielson. Oh, yeah. That whole nonsense. Um, yeah. Was that Joe, I remember. Was just off backstage just like fell over. Randomly. Yeah. 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 I, I, 
I very much remember Joe like coming out and like Roman was like he got hit by a car or he got like slammed into the car door. I remember there being a vehicle there and Joe was very upset and like looking for who attacked Roman with the vehicle. But yeah, I'm I'm like the wife just messaged me and said that's the top Google answer about Samoa Joe is that they're not related. So <coughs> there you go. I didn't think go. they were. Um, all right. Anything else from AEW that stood out to you? No, that's a that's a good uh, transition over to the next topics. But but another solid episode of Dynamite last night. Our product is what it is. We are going straight up the middle. A man who is not on AEW television last night, but is usually on AEW television. The goat, Brian Danielson. He faced. Zack Saber Jr. at New Japan, New Beginning in Sapporo. Look, I don't like a whole lot of matches that are over 18 minutes. That's my wheelhouse, 18 minutes. But Brian Danielson, Zack Saber Jr., I assume most people watching this have seen it. If you have not, I advise you to seek it out. It is about half an hour long. It it flew by for me. It did not feel like a half hour match. If you want strong technical wrestling where two guys look like they are in an actual struggle and an actual grappling match and not this choreography that the young bucks give you. I'd strongly advise you to watch Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. And Zack Sabre Jr. Beat Danielson after countering a psychic knee. He got hit with one countered the second. Then they did some pen reversals. Zack Sabre got him down for the uh, pen. And then you know, Danielson challenged him to a two out of three falls match that could take place in Mexico or maybe Forbidden Door next year. He said neutral ground. So maybe he considers AEW and New J- like a joint show, New Japan uh, show, neutral ground. But yeah, I love this match. Shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody uh, that I love the Brian Danielson match. I've been very high on Zack Sabre Jr. for a while, especially like – he used to be just a great technical wrestler, and he still is. When he started adding a lot of like the striking stuff to his repertoire, that's when I really started to take even more notice of Zach. Like the the kicks, the 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 uppercuts, just the, the forearms. When he started going a lot more leaning on striking, along with his technical expertise, I was like, oh yeah, Zach Saber's got it really figured out even more here. Yeah, yeah, and I love, yeah, I love his European uppercuts, especially. I, I think those look great. Um, I, I they went like a while into this match without even like really throwing a strike. It felt like like it was like maybe halfway because it was about a half hour long. I there were most of the match up until kind of towards the end, especially it was like just like chain wrestling, which I really and all I was remember as I was watching and I was thinking like because I think Forbidden Door would be the best place by the way because the first match was at Wrestle Dream right so yeah. <clears throat> so I think Forbidden Door would be the best option for a third match for a two out of three but the two or three falls match but um i it was also making me think like i would like to see a stipulation match between the two where like if you throw a strike you're disqualified almost like a pure rules match to some degree but like just have just because i think those two guys could really pull it off like a match where you you throw a strike you you lose but you, it's it's all just straight it's just wrestling wrestling holds until somebody gets submitted or gets pinned um and yeah this this match was awesome it's hard for me to like justify it because i can't really describe it's like it's like a reversal for reversal for reversal for reversal throughout throughout so much of this but it's so creative the way that they're doing it and it's like it's realistic too like you see actual like once it's just hard i i can't do it justice but you'd see like you, you see like zaber transition from like 
a tr- like he like catched Danielson in like a triangle choke and then transitioned it to like a rings of Saturn and then transitioned that into like a figure four leg lock. And then Danielson would turn that into like an ankle lock and do like a fuck. Or sorry, I'm trying to curse. Do like, do like a, do like a single leg and like get behind in like referee's position. Like he's in an amateur wrestling match. And it's like, that happened like for most of the match. And then when it breaks down into more of like the wrestling or like the pro wrestling side, they start kneeing each other, European uppercuts, like Chris, uh, Chris strikes, uh, penalty kicks. Danielson's going off the ring apron and doing his jumping knees and stuff. And it's like, this match was awesome. This was, this was great. Um, so, um, and then the finish, like you said, it was like a reversal for reversal for reversal. Eventually, uh, Sabre Jr. basically got him like a splatle pin, like an amateur wrestling type pin. And, and Danielson just, just couldn't kick out. He was, he was stuck, you know, like, yeah, this match, I mean, go out of your way to watch this match. This match absolutely ruled. These guys, both these guys are, are, are top notch. Yeah. If you, if you have not seen it, uh, definitely go check it out again. I assume most people have, it was a, it was a good show from from new japan you know you had okada and tanahashi possibly for the last time ever the cage match which i thought was a little long uh but still good um i i I said it on in the weeds like i think the if you were really attached more to war dogs and um united empire that match probably meant more to you than it did to me i don't have like super emotional investment in either group um but yeah it was a it was a good good show overall and then you got two new beginning shows i believe uh, osaka are the two new beginning shows coming up uh next week um from new japan and that's going to be the final uh the final matches for tamatanga and the final matches for (coughs) okada until okada goes to aw um any other other spotlight jensen i know you had a couple things kind of kind of listed yeah, well, I'll just say, um, just because I didn't cover it last week, I just want to give a quick shout out because um, MLW, they had Super Fight, and we talked a little bit about, about Super Fight last week, but um, because I don't think there was a new MLW episode this week, I don't think. They, ha- they have um, a They haven't show. done, like, TV stuff lately. It's right. been <coughs> the, uh, the, the pay-per-view specials, and then they're doing, like, the YouTube specials. When they, there's a YouTube special this weekend um, that's going to have uh cruel aka mads kruger they're yeah. calling mads cruel kruger now versus jacob Fatshu on that that should be really good it's interesting because they the mlw action figures just came out and i think that's why they're doing this when they're doing it because like Fatshu has a figure but he's technically not in mlw anymore cruel has a figure and he's technically not in mlw anymore hammerstone has a figure not in mlw anymore and then the fourth one I can't remember who the fourth one is, but I think it's someone else who also isn't in MLW. Any oh, it's a, yeah, Killer Cross who hasn't been in MLW for, for a long time. So it's like I feel like part of that is this is like they've had their action figures are finally available to buy, and no one's in the company anymore. Well, we can at least get Fatu and Cruel back for this and promote these things at the very least. But but um, <clears throat> I I really uh I just wanted to say from from Super Fight I wanted to bring up Raven came back and he uh. He was the guy who started the calling, which is, you know, of course, Ricky Shane Page and Cannonball and the, all those guys in that group, uh, Tammy Callahan and Akira was in that group. Um, he branched off and he's been feuding with Ricky Shane Page since leaving. Raven came back and actually wound up aligning with Akira and turned on his former group of the calling. So that was my other other spotlight. I just want to throw out there that for people who've been following MLW and the calling, because I've, I've liked the I've liked the group a lot. And I, I'm a huge Akira fan, have been for a long time. He's part of KOBK and we talked to Moe's forever. So like I've, I've been pulling for Akira for a long time and it's just it's just kind of cool. I didn't expect uh, 
Raven to come back and like turn on the calling and, and align with Akira. And I, I like that he's going to continue to mentor him. Also, Ace Shock said in the chat, Bobby Fish, he is coming back to MLW. Yeah. He's been wrestling uh, Alex Kane at this. Big, uh, big Bob Fish. Yes, yes. And, and I don't know if he's if, if that's this weekend or like the next pay-per-view. PL. It's the next pay-per-view. It's Intimidation Games. <clears throat> okay, that's right. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I know we got to go kind of fast through the rest of the topics, but I just want to give a shout out to MLW. They got good stuff going on. And I'll probably, my my topic next week will probably be um, the Cruel versus uh, Fatu match, depending on how that goes this weekend. Which is Fatu's likely last match in MLW? I said so. the Fightland tapings was, or I guess Super Fight, sorry, uh, Super Fight tapings was his last kind of tapings. So we will, we will see. He is a free agent. I'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out. Masha Slamovich winning the JCW J Cup, defeating Jordan Oliver, the, the JCW champion in the finals. The title was on the line in each match. Masha Slamovich defeated Jordan Oliver, won the tournament, won the title. Vincent, uh, our guy Griffin McCoy lost in the first round. Masha Slamovich uh, ended up the victor in the tournament, which makes this tournament overall. So uh, the tournament itself was great. Um, I, I, I I did like a half hour long review on the weekender of it. If people want to hear like a real kind of breakdown of every match and everything for the tournament, <clears throat> but uh, so what I'll what I'll say about the, the couple of things. I messaged Griffin almost right away and said that dick kick just busted my whole bracket, dude. I thought you had this. Um, because uh, Jordan Oliver defeated Griffin in the first round with a dick kick. <clears throat> but the way that Jordan's tournament went was really cool. The way that it wound up playing out is in the first round. It, so people, for, for people that don't know, Jordan Oliver won this tournament last year to become the JCW world champion. He's held the title for the whole year, and he was defending the title throughout this year's J-Cup. And in the first round, he had Griffin McCoy. They have a long history. You can listen to our interview last week with Griffin on the spotlight here. Um basically uh it's his old he was he's a mentor and a, a stable mate and young dumb and broke to griffin you know for years they know each other for like over a decade so a lot of history between those two as as a as a stable and griffin uh being uh or jordan being a mentor to griffin the next round jordan had to defend against myron reed the two of them are a tag team from mlw they were called injustice and so it's like there's history there he had to beat another teammate to get through to the next round the next round he has to take on Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne, East West express, former teammate. So Jordan's whole side of his bracket is him beating former teammates match after match after match to get to the finals. Masha just goes on a tear on the other side, just submitting everybody. Um, one of my favorite matches of the whole tournament was Mikowski versus uh, Slamovich. I thought that was fantastic. And um, shout out to Matt Mikowski. <clears throat> He's the, the man. Way. Like he, he was on our show not not too long ago. It was like just a few months at this point. But uh, you know, he was just like coming off the injury when when he joined us and hadn't been back doing too many matches. But yeah, his match against Masha was fantastic, and he's been on a tear since returning from injury. Yeah, his opening round match with Deppin was great too. Like the, he's got all these different armbar variations he throws people into. He did one from like a from like a burning hammer position that was awesome that i thought should have been the finish but then of course he did like the top rope one kushida style and that you know he's just he's the man and this also gets to my point a little bit and i know i don't have a lot of time unfortunately before i gotta clock him for the shoot job but you might you may have to talk about kylie ray yourself for most of the, the 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 freelance uh Freelance had a great show. Let's put it out there before I have to leave. Freelance had a great show this weekend. Uh, check out Craig Mitchell or Stan the Dad if you can't check anything else out. Kylie Ray's on that show as well. Jeremy will give some additional thoughts on that if I run out of time. 
Okay, this is my only gripe with the J Cup. And y'all know, I've been talking about Masha Slamovich. She's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world of any gender. She's like the last person in this tournament who needed to win this thing. And the reason is, she's already been the GCW World Champion. There's a prestige here, and there's something cool about how she's the only person to ever, at this point, be the GCW and JCW Champion. That is cool. And she'll get to defend that title on GCW television often, which is cool, too. Like, you'll see her defend the JCW title on GCW shows because she's on GCW so often. So, like, I don't want any of this to sound like I'm against Masha Slamovich because I am... I've said it. I've been on record as saying, if I can only choose five wrestlers in the entire world right now to like, I could, I, I that I can watch. There are current matches as they're happening. <clears throat> Mosh should probably be on my list. Like, I, that's how highly I think of Mosh. I've met Mosh in person. Cool as hell. Cool as hell. I love Masha. But if they were going to take the title off of Jordan, I would have either taken it off of him in the first in the first round with Griffin because of how they built Griffin, winning the Battle Bowl and the whole last last year of him trying to beat Jordan for this thing in their history and young, dumb and broke. If they weren't going to do it there, I would have had Alec Price or Matt Mikowski win this thing, um, who both wound up losing to Masha. <clears throat> and Masha had great matches with both of them. That's, what, that's what's hard for me to say here is because, like, I love Masha. It's just this one specific tournament in this one specific situation. Like, Jordan had been the champion an entire year. And for my money, the most over person in that building, outside of maybe Jordan Oliver, was Alec Price. And the fans were actually upset when Alec lost to Masha. And it's not that they dislike Masha. It's because it was like, oh, man. Like, it's an Alec versus Jordan just seemed like a perfect main event. It seemed like the perfect, like, transition to get to get Alec the title. Alec's the former IWTV champion. Like, he's been at, like, this super high level recently on the indie scene. And it felt like if it was going to be Jordan, I would go with Bukowski or with Price to be the next JCW champion. Now, where this could lead, though, they're, they they left a lot of meat on the bones between Mikowski and Slamovich, and they can revisit that for the title, which I'm excited to see that if and when that eventually happens. So I just want to put a bow on this and say congratulations to Masha Slamovich. I'm actually I'm super happy for her that she won this thing. Every match she had was a banger. She had a great tournament, and she deserves to be a world champion everywhere she's at. I've said it a thousand times. She should be the Impact Wrestling or the TNA world champion not the knockout champion she's i'm okay with her being the world champion just like same with jordan grace that's how highly i think of masha but in this specific scenario if jordan wasn't going to get through that tournament with that thing i would want mikowski or price i feel like they kind of they had a missed opportunity there to, to give the big because masha had the rub already going into this tournament she was already super well established you could have had alec or mikowski really get a big rub for by beating jordan for that thing in the finals i was surprised that they went with Masha um, as well because I'm I'm with you. One, you sold me on Griffin McCoy winning, but but two is like Masha is probably not someone who needs it. Like she's pretty established on the independent scene, and of course in in TNA, so probably not somebody who really needs it. Where that it did feel like, yeah, let's use this tournament to kind of like really make somebody. Yeah, and that's 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 my only gripe with it. The actual tournament was awesome. I watched every single match live. I sat there for both days. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed the tournament. And uh, yeah, like I said, I just want to, I want to make it super clear because I, I just know someone will somehow hear what I've said and somehow think I'm against Masha Slamovich. One of my favorite wrestlers of any gender in the entire world. I think the world of Masha. She's good friends with Cassidy Haynes, our friend, you know, I've, I've got to like hang out with her before in person at GCW shows. Like she is cool as hell. I want nothing but success from Masha Slamovich, but like, 
this really felt like this should have been Alec Price or Matt Mikowski, or or I really should have been Griffin McCoy. But like, if they weren't going to go with Griffin yet, you had, you had an opportunity to really put someone new over. I felt like, but once again, the opportunity here is you know Masha is so heavily involved in GCW that the upside is she will defend the JCW championship often on GCW television. So you'll get to see a lot of the title defenses on GCW, which I do like that, but you could have also done that with Alec Price. You know, so it's just, you know, it's kind of how I feel about it. But. Yeah, I, I I get it. I get it. I was uh, surprised that it, w- it was Masha, but, you know, hopefully that uh, – Masha, Masha, not hopefully. Like Masha will definitely be defending it on the GCW show. Jensen, I got to run. Go ahead and plug everything you need to plug. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just once again freelance. I don't want to like just like glance right past that. If you want more thoughts on this freelance show from me, I did cover it on the weekender on on Sunday. So like, if you want more thoughts on that, just check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast because I I do give all the results for this show and give some additional thoughts on Dan the Dad versus Craig Mitchell on Kylie Ray being on the show. Um, Storm Grayson versus Leo Rush was the was the main event for the freelance championship. So um, I want to throw that out there too, because that is one of our topics. And I do have to run, but shout out to freelance wrestling. You can watch their stuff over on IWTV and they put on a, uh, they put on great shows. Um, I do need to run to, to clock in for the shoot job. <clears throat> you can follow me on, on X at fight talk underscore F I G H T T L underscore. Can't spell that. You can code fight talking in wrestling.tv. And uh, listen to the Weekender podcast, FightfulSelect.com, every Sunday, sometimes Mondays. But now that football is over, pretty much you could pretty much expect that on Sundays, unless there's like a big indie show on a Sunday night that I have to wait to watch before I can cover it. Also, I apologize for the audio. If it doesn't sound great this past episode, I wasn't in my normal location. I had to, it was Super Bowl Sunday. I was like driving around and it was, but, but it was a like car the, cast. Well, then the, well, the, the, the part of it was, yeah. And the, and I, I had to re-record it multiple times because like audio issues and background noise and all this stuff. It was a, it was a, it was a struggle to do this episode, but I needed to get it out because like the J Cup had just happened. I really wanted to talk about it, so I apologize. The audio is usually not as bad as as what it you know. If it's your first time listening to the Weekender, that doesn't fully represent me in that show, but the 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 content does as far as like my my insight on on the independent scene. Maggie, I'll let everybody know about the promotion. <laughs> we'll talk about that later on but yeah we'll talk about that later on but yeah i still i still i still, I still work for the same company so and, you know we'll, we'll 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 get that all we'll get that all talked about maybe next week but uh thanks for joining me in the chat everyone i'm already late for work they're probably gonna complain about this already so uh see so, yeah, good seeing you jeremy good seeing the chat enjoy this interview that you're about to hear with uh with patrick o'malley we appreciate it jensen enjoy enjoy your day uh good luck with work get your promotion as he just leaves me um real quickly on on freelance yes kylie ray was back her first match in almost a year uh she had announced i think in april that she she was pregnant the the baby was due let me i want to be fair to, to kylie and and when uh the the timeline here um but yeah she announced early last year that that she and her husband um or partner sorry I, as i look up this this information okay uh yeah uh i'm gonna butcher uh i say i say yes his name uh i says velasquez um yeah her, her partner uh and, and her they were expecting in um in a in april is when the announcement was the, the baby was due in early october so 
as far as I know, everything went well. Hopefully that is the case. Kylie uh, says pretty private on social media. Her account is like locked and, and uh, uh, not public and everything. So I, I think that uh, hopefully everything went well. But Kylie was back. Frank the Clown was was back freelance. Uh, Dan Housen was back at freelance. It was a big freelance show. So if you've not seen the freelance show, everybody should go check it out. But it was good to see Kylie Ray back in action. And you know, Kylie Ray, someone who I think a lot of people know she does a lot of potential. And a lot of people know that she can kind of be built around. And, you know, she's gotten opportunities in AEW. It didn't work out there. She kind of got an opportunity in WWE. It was just sort of a, a main event taping. Um, and, and, you know, nothing fully stuck there we will see i've always said it, it's whatever kylie wants to do i i don't i don't claim to to know her you know she had the opportunities in in tna um but it seems like personal wise she's doing pretty well right now and hopefully whatever she decides to do in the future even if it's just continue to work indies whatever she wants to do whatever she's happy with uh i always wish the best kylie ray she seems like a genuinely great person um all right let's get into our interview with Patrick O'Malley, referee Patrick O'Malley. A lot of cool insights into refereeing, stuff that people might not think of, stuff that people might not know, misconceptions about refereeing, and just some uh, good referee stories from, from Patrick. So here we go, everybody. Patrick O'Malley in the Creator's Spotlight. Welcome to the Creator's Spotlight here on the Spotlight on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, joined as always by Jeremy Lambert. And our guest today is independent wrestling referee Patrick O'Malley. Patrick, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing? For having me. I'm doing good. I'm just out here living the dream. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm glad you could join us today. Um, me and you met at GCW in Atlanta. This was, I can't remember the name of the event. Um, the C or no? Or was that the Yeah, name? it was. Okay. I think it was, it was C or no. Yep, you're right. And it was the event where um, Kevin Q and Dominic Guarini defeated Los Macisos for the GCW tag team titles. Um I never know when I go to these shows where I'm going to be sitting at. I just kind of met, I'm at the mercy of like Brett in the in GCW, and I'm just like, all right, I don't know where I'm going to go, but like I'm here to try to do some coverage and see see where I can fit in at. And they just by chance had the two of us sitting next to each other, and it was around the time of that match that I realized like that you knew some of these guys too because you were really marking out for like the same guys I was from like the southeast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is then the next thing I know, you start telling me, and I, I, I and I start putting it together. I've seen you refereeing on independentwrestling.tv for sure. So, yeah. Patrick, that's just a little backstory for everyone on how this came together and how we met. But um, if you want to just kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself as we get started off here, just um, just you as like a fan and just kind of getting into like the the world of wrestling. So for me as a fan, like I grew up on wrestling, like for as long as I can remember. I remember being five six years old my dad worked second shift so we would always my mom would set the wrestling to record and i would stay up and wait on him to get home and then we'd watch wrestling right before he went to bed and so been on wrestling since then kind of grew out of it a little bit when uh about the time it wasn't cool to be a wrestling fan young and oh we lost patrick for oh. a second Everything was working fine, Jensen. When we were having our backstage conversation, and then everything was everything was working great. Well, I wonder if he got a phone call actually, because it looks like day. he was on his phone. And usually, when you're on your phone, like you get a phone call, you get that black screen that just that's pops a good, up. That's a good call. 
we can always edit this if we need to also depends on how long if people either see us talking about this right now or we'll uh oh i just oh we lost him completely awesome completely well, i'm sure i'll hear from him in a second all good all good there we go yeah, he's, he's back tired. he's back and he's full screen oh there you go he's oh. back <laughs> calling me and my phone went haywire i told that you that that's what jeremy was getting that's what she that's what you said we, we, we were guessing you got a phone call but um i don't know if we'll edit that or we'll leave it how that just was but basically if you can just kind of pick up where uh where you got that call from uh so basically like got out of wrestling about the time where it wasn't cool to be a wrestling fan young impressionable kid you know followed what my friends were doing and then about the time i got back into high school is when i discovered independent wrestling because there was a guy from my hometown who was actually wrestling in the local area, Blake Christian. Me and him are from the same town. So I started keeping up with him, going to like his shows. That local promotion was running three, four nights a week. And I was going there. And that's actually the same promotion I started working for, USA Championship Wrestling out of Jackson, Tennessee. And so about the time high school came, that's when I really got into wrestling heavy, started keeping up with the independents and all these other promotions in this crazy world of wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, I did not know that you and Blake Christian were from the same area. What's it like seeing his uh, kind of progress? Cause he, I mean, he had like that huge, like kind of first indie run and then he got signed to the WWE. And a lot of people don't even realize him as Trey Baxter. He was on 205 live. He was actually doing really well. Him and Alex Zane, when he was um, oh. Ari Sterling and like, yeah. And those guys just, it was like the wor the weirdest timing. They were kind of like in and out within like six, nine months, but they were yeah. doing really solid work on the shows when they were given chances. And then Blake comes back out onto the indie scene, you know, popping up on Ring of Honor and everything, of course, all over the indies. But of course, the current GCW world champion, what's it like seeing, you know, his whole progression? Uh, dude, it's, it's really cool, like watching his progression, seeing it because I've seen him from the very beginning. When, when he first started wrestling, young skinny kid in a faction star pack with two with a set of twins, uh, Matt and Nate Starr. So, like, I've literally seen his career from the very beginning. And we actually had mutual friends that made me and Blake cross paths. So, I, me and Blake, uh, we don't see each other often. But anytime we see each other, it's always cool to catch up. Like, just two hometown guys, like, out just traveling and Awesome pass every now and then. It's super cool. Why is he such a dick now? That's what I would. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, he's he's nice to me. So. <laughs> it's funny because he's one of those heels that like he's. It's hard to explain because so like when you have like the heel MJF type, where like you know when MJF's a heel and he like really really sticks to it, whether he's on the show or not. Blake's kind of like that, but like if you meet him at a show, like when like the camera's off and you like walk up and you're like, man, I'm a real fan. He'll like, he'll smile and like give you a handshake. Like he, 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 he's actually, I, I want to put that out there for people who maybe might be like intimidated by like meeting certain wrestlers and stuff based on how you see them on the show. Even though Blake is a giant dick on GCW television now, if you walk up to him as a fan, like he'll, he'll appreciate you coming up and, and saying you're a fan. So. Oh, 100%. He, he'll love it. Um, how did you get started in in the world of refereeing? So when I first got in, I wanted to wrestle. Like, um, started in Jackson, talking to the promoter there, 
And then, so I started refereeing, like, before I actually started training to wrestle. And in the process of that, the promoter of that company was actually very sick. And not many people knew it. Just us in the locker room knew, like, how sick he was. And he ended up passing. Um, So when he passed, in his will, it was, hey, either my sister takes over the company or the company dies. And his sister didn't want the company. So another guy who helped him run it started his own promotion. And that was kind of where I started doing a little bit of training and realized my body's too beat up to wrestle. Because at the time, I was 22 with 18 years of sports damage on my body. So I'm like, you know what? There's not enough good referees in that area. Because it was West Tennessee wrestling. And it's getting better, but at the time, refereeing there wasn't good. The majority of wrestling there wasn't good. And so I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to bring back good referees again. I like that. So what, which company did that spawn? Like with that, with, when, with the one having to end, you said that the new company started and that's where you got in. Which company was that? I actually started at USA Championship Wrestling. That was the one that had to end. And right. Tennessee Championship Wrestling. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. What's the name one more time? I apologize. Tennessee Championship Wrestling. Okay. Gotcha. Tennessee Championship Wrestling. It's, and then how, how did how did you get into like New South and TWE and, and these other companies? Uh, so New South, I actually got in through um, Allison Lee. She's a ref for TNA. Um, I know her. We kind of started at the same circuit in Mississippi. Uh, I came into there when she was there. And she was, messaged me one day. She's like, hey, uh, I'm not going to be able to make this show at New South. Can you make it for me? And so I did that show. And then when she got signed to TNA, uh, she wasn't able to make many New South, New South shows at all. So that's when they brought me in full time. And then TWE was one where I was coming up to Chattanooga to visit. So my current roommates now, actually, I was coming up to visit them, messaged a guy from New South. I was like, hey, I'm going to be in town this weekend. Do you know anywhere in Chattanooga I can work? And it just so happened they needed a ref that night. Um, So I'm there semi-regularly. They have uh, two full-time refs they use on Saturday nights. But they do this really cool thing there called Crash Course, where the uh, Jaden Newman has a training academy at TWE, and every other Monday, uh, his students wrestle, and so they can get reps. And since I only live twenty minutes from there, I'm there every other Monday night doing those student shows. So that's that's how TWE came about. That's awesome. So. I want to follow up a little bit about that on that. And Jeremy, I want I know you got some questions as well, but I I wanted to ask if you're okay with uh saying, do, would you mind telling like who do you do you remember you said that there was somebody you spoke with that got you that was like your kind of your bridge between New South and TWE and that and told you like there could be opportunity there? Who was that, that you spoke to? It was Carmen Michael. Okay, there you go. Okay, so and Carmen's been on the show before. So so people who've seen the show know Carmen. Um yeah. Yeah, great dude. He's he's a real Swiss Army knife. Uh, he he does a little bit of everything. So that's that's good to know. So Carmen actually made this happen. That's that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I missed the show when Carmen 
was was on but we are we are friends on on twitter carmen as always oh yeah i, I did won't... I do that solo you did you did oh i don't <laughs> why why was that you just weren't available that day uh that was when my dad was in the hospital oh, things so were going sorry. well <laughs> i'm so sorry dude i completely i'm so sorry I, I apologize jeremy i forgot that yeah i can't, I can't remember get... how long ago all this stuff was we've been yeah. doing the show so long that like real real life stuff has happened that's more important than wrestling for sure yes, th- yeah so. so that was last june to give you an yeah. idea of how long ago carmen was on the show it was last wow. june it's so it's been yeah. a while um patrick what's like one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to like being a referee and and the referee's job um in my opinion the biggest misconception is that people think that i mean i'm sure y'all heard this before that we're there just to count to three uh in reality refereeing is a lot harder than that because not only are we worrying about the safety of the wrestlers we're also depending on where you work they want you to call the match as a shoot um and having earpieces in people in your ear all the time trying to give time calls without being obvious um the biggest thing is those like i've ran into this a lot actually people think that just because i'm a referee i don't know anything and like i don't know the business i've been around it so long like even growing up and knowing people in it for so long i know more than what people think i do Nah, i'm not gonna say i know everything but like that's my that's the biggest thing that I found is people think referees are literally just there to count to three. Okay, so that kind of surprises me that people would think, oh, referees don't know anything. I guess maybe that's just a oh referees are dumb type of thing because they they miss an outside interference every single time. But <laughs> I I would think that like referees are some of the smartest people in, in wrestling because you're always hanging out with people. You got to kind of talk to a variety, like everyone, because you're working multiple matches. You obviously got to talk to the booker, the owner, the production people putting together. Like I would think referees are the smartest people. Now I will say that's not so much as the Southeast where I am now, um, like in the Chattanooga, Atlanta, Alabama areas. It's not so much there. It was more of like, I hate to use this term, but some of the old heads in West Tennessee, who they were like, ah, we've been doing this 20 years, you know, you're just going to do it how we want to do it, and we we don't care what you think. Again, that's very surprising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a thing. I've, I've, I, you know, I, I can relate to that a little bit, just knowing about, like, uh, like when Southern Underground Pro started up in Nashville um, years ago, um, Righteous Jesse, Kevin Koo running that, and I, would, I remember talking to Jesse around the time that that started doing hails and there's a ton of people behind the scenes that have helped run run stuff i want to give you know credit to a lot of people with that but i remember jesse and and q telling me as it was starting they were like there's a there's way more people saying this isn't going to work in this area than 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 think it's going to work they think that a super indie isn't possible because it's tennessee it's the old heads like you're saying so there is that kind of barrier to entry and that kind of weird like southern wrestling stigma still in like some of these areas where like yeah a quote-unquote super indie with like the newer school type of like indie style wrestling and stuff and storylines so they're they're, they're, they definitely exist for sure so i i kind of know what you're talking about and on top of that with uh with kind of that mindset of like the old wrestling or like the shoot wrestling or you know what's real what isn't and all that you mentioned something that caught my attention just now you said that there are some companies you you work for and some companies you work for that where they may expect you to to treat this as a shoot 
where it's like, so how, how does that conversation work? Is that a behind the scenes type thing where like before the show starts, they tell you specifically, they're like, if those shoulders are down, you count three, but, but some places might say, you know what the storyline is, make sure you do not count three if this happens. So I've never actually witnessed, or it's never happened to me where somebody's like, Hey, you know what it's supposed to be. Don't do this. Every promotion I work for is like, Hey, they, they tell the locker room, like, Hey, our referees calling us like, granted, they may know what's going to happen, but they call it as a shoot. I, I've i just known other referees to say, hey, some promotions don't like that. They don't want you to call it as a shoot because it could mess up their story. Now, I don't know what promotions those are, but like that multiple times from multiple referees. Gotcha. Thanks for clearing that up. I, just, I, I figured that was probably the case, but that's that's got to be – that would be confusing as a referee if I had to be in that position where like I'm trained to to count this like I'm like this is a shoot. And if I mean, I even remember it's just this is pulling so many memories from from like my chamber here. But I remember I used to go from Nashville to St. Louis to watch Glory Pro shows back in like this is like 2018 ish. And I remember Myron Reed won their their Crown Glory Championship on accident he had like just started wrestling he was like brand new and like the ref counted three and i found out after the show everyone was like that wasn't supposed to happen but like the guy's shoulders were down so like the ref counted it and it's like that's so that's got to be tough in your position too where it's like people might think that you messed something up when like no you didn't like you did your job correctly like someone else messed something up but like you're gonna catch the heat for it and see, and that's another thing where it depends on where you work. Like, like I said, the places I work for, the bookers and the promoters, in situations like that, they they tell the locker room also, "Hey, we're gonna side with the referees on this." Like, they're yeah. job right. If your shoulders are down and you don't kick out, that's your fault. Well, I'm talking about it even more from like a fan perspective. Like, all you effed up, you effed up. Like, they're gonna go at you. Like, you screwed something up, and it's made you feel bad about it. I've seen this happen at terminus shows, battle slam shows. I've seen this happen plenty of times where like. I feel bad for y'all a lot of the time where it's kind of a thankless job in a lot of ways, like an NFL um, field goal kicker. It's like, it's like, you know what I mean? When you're a good ref like, you know, people don't even notice because like, you're just doing your job. But when you mess up, everyone notices. That's a lot of pressure. Honestly, it's the biggest compliment to not get noticed. Like, like I've asked other referees before. Cause like, I know, I don't know if y'all hear the dogs barking. You're good. That's, that's yeah, not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. All good. <laughs> uh, like I've, had a few referees who they've asked me to watch their match and see how they are. And honestly, it's hard to watch a wrestling match and just watch the referee. You most of the time, unless they mess up, you don't notice them. So that's the biggest compliment I can receive as a referee is, Hey, I didn't notice you. I'm like, cool. We're good then. Well, in that case, this is my last question, Jeremy. I'll you get a couple. Of, I it just, I ought to follow up with this. Have you ever seen, Bryce Remsburg's Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan match, where he's the only one in the ring. Is yeah. that something that you envy? Like, is that something where you're like, you think that there's like, that's like super impressive to see something like that? Like, you know, because normally you don't want to be noticed, but when you're the only guy in the ring, that's totally different. Oh, dude, that that's honestly like super impressive to me. I could never do it. I know for a fact I can't do that. I still to this day, if I ever meet him. That's the question I'm going to ask him. Dude, how did you do that? Like, because watching that match, I don't even remember much about it, but I'm just like, you can tell from my eyes anyway, like 
who the good guy was, who the bad guy was. <laughs> Moves and everything just from the ref. I still to this day don't understand how he pulled that off. A lot of cardio is how he pulled that off is one thing because getting up and down, I, I imagine, is that takes a lot, it takes a lot out of you. And to do it as many times he did it in that match had to be very tough. Um, what when you talked about, you know, calling it as a shoot and then m- maybe messing up, but it's not your fault. Has any wrestler ever accused you of trying to fuck on them? That that has actually never happened to me <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> that is good good because uh, you know the famous story of cody rhodes yeah so that, that's good that, that no wrestler has accused you of trying to, to fuck <laughs> on them because that, that would i don't know if that would be your mess up but you know you would get the blame for it yeah. <laughs> what what's one a, a match that you refereed that like you were proud to to be a part of um probably the one that I'm most proud of is one that showed me like I'm actually like good at this because like I'm a bigger guy. Um, I like I'm a 330 pound ref. Like you don't see that often, and people say, "Oh, he can't move that well." Like I refereed a Myron Reed and Hunter Drake match. That match was fast, and that one is the one that showed me that okay, I'm actually like somewhat good at this. And that's probably like top of the totem pole for me is one I'm super proud of. It's a good one. I, I, I what was your what's your experience been like? I, I wanted to know about with uh, Dump Sanders and with Jaden Newman, both very different people, but both running like really really good operations with TWE and with New South. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience with both of them has been great. Um, they both treated me so well like i love both places dearly um i try to work at both places as much as i can it's kind of hard to do because they kind of they kind of run on the same dates honestly but this year they're uh it's worked out so far this year where they're not running on the same dates so like even if i'm not working a twe show i live 20 minutes from there if i don't have a booking i go there just to hang out just because i'm so, I mean, like, for me, both both guys have been really good to me. I love both of them dearly. Who are some people you've seen in some of the, like, TWE showcases that you think maybe are going to break out soon that people don't really know about yet? Um, one that's actually at New South right now as well, uh, Jameson Shook. I don't know yeah. if he's actually going up, been traveling up to H2O and stuff like that. He lives down here. Um Damon Stryker, um, he's been at New South Sun doing scrambles. Uh, another one is Josh Locke. He just did Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Uh, Sigrid, Daughter of Tear, just did Effie's Big Gay Brunch as well. I'm trying to think who else is. Aaron Wade, uh, if you've heard of him. he's Of course. He's traveling up to H2O and stuff like that as well. Like that whole – Student class is just really good. Jaden's putting out a lot of good talent through that training academy. So that reminds me. I'm glad you brought up Aaron Wade. So Aaron Wade, of course, part of the Squatting Dragons, along with Manhorn. And obviously, Shiny Shoes. So it's like, what's that like, seeing the referee 
slash wrestler and like the way that he's because i've watched him over the years go from like a guy i remember him doing like the coach like the coach thing where he just got like squat a whole bunch and it was kind of like just a like kind of a goofy comedy thing but like he's actually i feel, I feel like man has gotten like pretty good recently he's, he's definitely over so like uh, you know what's it like seeing him kind of transition from referee to wrestler like that uh, honestly i haven't been around him much as a referee like really uh, I usually only see him as Cody Manhorn. The only time I ever see him as Shiny Shoes is when ICW, the Deathmatch Company, comes into Chattanooga because he's their referee. That's the only time I ever see Shiny Shoes. Other than that, I only see Cody Manhorn. Cody Man, that's that's interesting because yeah, I never I didn't really think about that, but that actually makes sense because he he is he's mainly only wrestling as Cody Manhorn in the southeast but he is still refereeing at shiny shoes for tw or sorry for icw nhb and they're running that tw arena a lot more often now so you that i didn't even put that together that's actually what, what's it like seeing those those noel's bar shows in person those, those are badass events i personally love deathmatch wrestling like that if there's one thing that's at the top of my bucket list is to referee a deathmatch uh my roommate absolutely hates death matches and i talk about him all the time and he's like dude would you just shut up he's like i don't like him i personally love death matches i think it's just like any other style of wrestling i equivalent it to music really because like everybody you everybody likes rock music but there's so many different subgenres to it everybody has their own taste in rock music i equivalent that to wrestling as well now, working a, a death match, like you mentioned, that's on your bucket list. Do you know of how uh, you would sort of referee that type of match as far as just getting out of the way of stuff? I was like, death match wrestling always kind of fascinates me because I'm not the biggest fan of it. I can I can take it in, in small doses, but if it's like a whole card, I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. But being a referee, it just seems like just don't get hit by stuff. <laughs> So basically doing a deathmatch as a referee, because I've done hardcore stuff, and it's deathmatch is basically just hardcore on drugs. Like, um, basically it's staying out of the way and just keeping everybody safe. Because in those matches, you're only there essentially to count to three, but it's keeping everybody safe, moving light tubes and doors and stuff out of the way after they're used, just trying to keep the middle of the ring as open as possible, because that's where they're going to be at for the match. So it's really just keeping everybody safe. So that's one thing that where you, you mentioned, like the best referees are ones that you don't notice. That's something that I don't always take a lot of notice to of. Yeah. The referee's got to kind of get stuff out of the way. You see him sometimes like sweeping stuff out of the ring with like the foot, just kind of kicking it out of the ring. And that's something I just don't pay attention to, or even like think of, Oh yeah. Someone's like got to do that to make sure the ring stays clear. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that's a good sign of a good referee. Yes. It is. I've seen many rests before, like even just little things like an earring pop out of somebody's ear in a normal match and the ref just lets it lay there. And I'm like, dude, that's pointy at the end. That's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I always, I always, when I'm watching death matches, when it comes to the referees, what, what, like, it's funny because like I'll watch these matches and I, because of all the indie coverage I do, I've, 
I watch a ton of deathmatch wrestling nowadays. And it's one of those things where like Jeremy, I, it was never really my thing, but I've watched it so much at this point that like, I'm, I'm, I guess I've just gotten really used to it. And the thing that still makes me like cringe isn't like seeing someone covered in blood, all cut up and everything that I'm used to seeing. It's the referee getting down on the mat and seeing them counting three and all the rubble and seeing like their fingers getting, Oh, Oh, here we go. Sorry. We watched it for a second. I'll, I'll, I'll see like, like I remember, um, it, it was like the Nick Gage, John Moxley, like their first, their first title match in GCW. And I feel like I remember seeing the referee get down. They counted the three and like their arm was bleeding at the end of the match. And I was like, that's what makes me cringe. Like the referee having to get down and count the three in the glass. And now you're, you're, now you're bleeding too, you know, and all you're doing is your job just trying to hit the mat. So Dude, the worst count I've ever made is um, there's a, there's actually a startup promotion in Alabama that just started this year or 2023 called Retinal Retinal Punk Retinal DIY Punk something along those lines, but it's basically punk rock and pro wrestling, and uh, they run like once a month on Sunday afternoons. They had a um, there was just like a hardcore match go on, and they went outside of the bar out onto the pavement, and dude gave dude. Duplex pinned him, and so I'm counting on pavement. That's oh. the count I've ever made. <laughs> do, I, do you do you have to hold up on that a little bit so you're not completely slamming your arm, or you just count it like it's a, a normal wrestling mat out there? I mean, for me, it was force of habit. Counted it like a normal one. Yeah. I was very mad later though. <laughs> like, and because I know the guy, it was uh, Casey Owens and Brandon Williams. Casey's from TWE. He's the one who gave him the suplex and win. Uh, I told him later, I said, dude, I hate you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> they just did it as a rib on you. They're like, hey, you're going to count this pinfall on this concrete now. But <laughs> he was going to do it too. And I didn't think he actually was. And he did. <laughs> you, you need to bring just next time he's wrestling or any hardcore match, just bring like a, a soft pad with you and just slip it down under and then count it like yeah. there, protect your arm on that one. Yeah. I would imagine it would be just tough to, to hold up, even though, you know, it's concrete, like you were so in rhythm, so used to hitting the ring one way to now try to change that just because you're on concrete would probably take a lot of uh, just force of habit, as you said. Well, and it would look really lame to like get down there kind of like, you know, like fragile and like, like you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, like, it, 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 like it wouldn't it wouldn't look right either. No, it wouldn't. Oh, I am care protecting my arm on that <laughs> one. Just I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're okay after having to count that on I've, concrete. Be the worst thing that's happened to me. I've had a concussion before. We'll be all right. So have you like I you know referees take bumps in, in matches and everything? Like, have you had to take like a, a really hard like bump in a match? Uh. I didn't take one. One was given to me one time. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, um, about two years ago, I had a, a severe concussion. Uh, they thought I had a brain bleed, and they were talking like... Oh. Um, I was given a chair shot uh, to like this side of my head right here. The dude said he was aiming for my back. Um, needless to say, I don't work for that promotion anymore. So, I mean, I haven't really taken a bad bump, but there was one given to me. Oh, yeah, that's that sucks. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, you want to call it out whoever did that? 
He already knows how. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we can put him on blast. I'm just saying, like, I'm not, I'm not in like the business of like just spreading hate and like having people get attacked over stuff. But like, I mean, if someone's out there being unsafe, because there's people out there like Joshua Bishop and Matthew Justice who enjoy getting hit in the head with chairs, but like, you know, you don't want you want to get blindsided by them if you're not expecting it. I literally wasn't even facing the guy. My back was turned to it. My back was turned to him. Um, but he's also retired. He doesn't wrestle anymore. So, okay. And it was uh, a very small promotion in West Tennessee that just the same people go to it every week. And like they don't stream or anything like that. So I mean, wouldn't be wouldn't be worth putting him on blast. I love the promoter. I love the guy who owns it. So I don't want to do that to him. That's fair. Sure fair enough. Um, well, again, we're glad you're okay on yeah. that. Um, I, I do want to ask, moving briefly away from from wrestling i know you have on your your bio uh your life matters and, and your pen tweet is about kind of like mental health and, and struggles we all sort of go through day-to-day life so i just want to ask like things you do to to sort of take care of your mental health um honestly that's one of the reasons why i do so much wrestling um is just trying to stay busy which doesn't always work like just trying to stay busy to keep my mind from racing because I mean, I do struggle with occasion. Uh, right now, I'm, for the most part, I'm in a good place. Um, but, like, I just try to stay busy and do as much as I can. Because if I'm just home, like, alone in my thoughts, that's not how I want to be. So I just try to stay busy, always doing something, even if it's just watching wrestling or watching whatever on TV. Just keeping my mind busy is pretty much what I do. I appreciate your answer is I think we all struggle with, with mental health. And I always like to to ask about these things. If I know people are uh, kind of prominently speaking about it to let everybody know that like, you're, you're not alone out there. Uh, Cause I think a lot of people always think that I certainly do. And it's like, no, there's a lot of people out there who are probably thinking like you and maybe want to reach out and, and talk. Uh, so I, I really appreciate your one, your answer and two, your, like your, your pin tweet. Um, that's a it's it's big to let people know like hey reach out message me if you're ever going through some stuff uh i respect that i appreciate it thank you well i i noticed um you know i on your profile picture it looks like you had the uh the spo band on mm-hmm. um would you like to give any uh any thoughts on the memory of uh sean patrick o'brien um i actually never met him so the way I got that was through Shiny Shoes. Um, he had them made, and because I referee at TWE, he's like, hey, SPO refs in this building, referees in this building are going to wear this. So he passed before I moved to this area. So like, I know of him, and I know about him, but I never met him. So I, I just know all the good things I hear about him. And from what it sounds like, he was a great man. Yeah, I'm in I'm in a similar boat. Like, I have a lot of really close friends that were really close with him. And he just seemed to have, like, a real impact on a lot of people. Like, even if even if you didn't know him directly, it's like you hear this or that. And so, yeah, I, I just noticed that on your uh, on your profile picture. I, I just wanted to get some thoughts on that as well. Um, do you ever I, – I don't think you would – I don't know because of the timeline, if you cross paths or in what promotions. Are you familiar with John Mosley, Mose? Yes. Oh, dude, I just seen him, like, I seen him Saturday, actually. 
What are your thoughts we on that guy? We can't stand Moe's around. <laughs> uh, I haven't had a lot of interaction with him um, outside of like just, hey, how are you? Um, but the few times I have had interaction with him, we've just talked to him. Because, I mean, uh, we like similar styles of music. Uh, I'm really big into metal and stuff like that. So that's pretty much the only conversations I've ever had with him. That's cool. He's he's been on our show a lot, so we always like to get just some sort of thoughts on on Mo. Some people think he's intimidating. Some people think he's he's the man, you know. So a wide wide variety of opinions, and and he's he's in like that whole TWE like action SCI yeah. scene heavily. Um, there was a there was a follow up I had about that with TWE. Um, I guess just in general, like just Jaden, like if you can just speak on him, just like not not just as like a like a guy promoting TWE but you know I've seen his progress as a wrestler from the time he was a teenager up until you know I just heard it he was in like a six man match the other day and like they were calling him the veteran of the match and I was like this is nuts that he's considered the veteran now in in some of these matches like um what what's just kind of like his what I guess is what does he mean to TWE what does he mean to the whole southeast scene right now cuz I feel like he's just every, every, every he has some sort of Everyone in this scene, I feel like you got some sort of connection to him in some way, shape, or form right now. So, I mean, to be honest, without Jaden, there is no TWE. Like, TWE wouldn't be a thing. And he's got such a touch on everywhere in the East because of not only his accolades and everything he's done, but the students he's putting out, too. Like, every every person I've known to come out of his school and go somewhere else, they're all like, oh, Jaden trained you? You're going to be good. Like, and just the effect he has on pretty much everywhere here in the Southeast is really cool to see and really cool to watch, especially, like, me moving to the Southeast in last April. I had no idea who he was until I moved here. So, like, me coming here and seeing this, I'm like, oh, this guy's a big deal. And I'm just like... It's really cool to see. Um, speaking of him being the veteran thing, it really shocked both of us when I found out he's been in the business like 10 years. I've been in three years, and I'm older than he is. <laughs> shocked both of us? We're, okay. Oh, sorry, Jared. Yeah. I, oh, I, I didn't know, know if the audio cut. Yeah, I, I think the the, I thought the audio awesome. cut off for Patrick for a second as well. Yeah. I, I, I I got confused for a second. Can you, can, Patrick, can you say something? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, okay yeah. we're good now. Sorry, okay. we lost your audio right. for just a second there, but we're yeah. good. Yeah. Um, b- before we start to, to wind down and wrap up, something we we ask everybody who who's on our show: uh, the coolest thing in your room. Uh the coolest thing in my room. I'm trying to think because I haven't even since I moved, everything's just still kind of scattered, even though it's been almost a year. Uh, the coolest thing in my room. Oh, I have a uh, Jeff Hardy uh, Charismatic Enigma baseball bat from his like his TNA days, the black and purple one. It's uh, signed by him and everything. Oh, nice. nice. I don't know if you have that like, round, if you could if you could show that uh, on camera. Sweet, sweet. We 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 appreciate it. We appreciate people getting out, going out of their way, and showing us stuff. Yeah, I'll have like one or. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, a, T, a Jeff Hardy TNA baseball bat. I didn't know. I mean, I guess they 
made that sure i saw i saw your uh your pictures from the other day by the way have you oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was, those are sweet so oh, oh. nice charismatic enigma jeff hardy and like there's his signature on it nice. that's actually badass like yeah. i that seems random that it's like an, an inscribed baseball bat but like that's a nice signature it's a purple that's right on brand for jeff hardy yeah sweet so the I wish I had it here, but like the coolest thing I actually have is a, uh, I don't have it with me. It's back at my parents' house, like four hours from here, but it's the, it's a WWE Undertaker limited edition belt signed by him. Oh, and okay. The underneath the WWE logo is purple, like the dead man, uh, black strap. It's really nice. I wish I had it with me to show you that, but that's one thing I have here. That's awesome. I'm gonna. I was gonna pull up a a photo to see if it was this one because uh, they did. Is it the the winged eagle one or is it like the custom Undertaker one? Custom Undertaker one. Okay, so I'm gonna pull this up real quickly uh, and to so everybody can get an idea of uh, what this sort of looks like here. Uh, well, maybe web web PB. I don't know why that's a thing, but. It is. Oh yeah, I hate when that happens. I know what you're talking about. You're stupid. Super stupid. <laughs> um, all right, it's it's gonna load here. This fantastic audio is me just trying to load <laughs> no, this screenshot here. Uh, is it this? Uh, no. Uh, oh, okay. After all that, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. Definitely not that one. So mine is like the WWE Universal title. Looks just like that. It's just the underneath the WWE logo where it's typically red now. Oh, it's purple. It's purple and the side plates are the Undertaker logo. Okay. I I have have that. That that one I think people can pretty much surmise of what that looks like. But I will show it uh, because I do actually have that screenshot as well we're in too um, deep you got you got to have the picture jeremy i know i know exactly exactly we got to pay it off at this point yes there we go yes okay all right that's sick that thing undertaker's sick. got a lot of custom belts apparently and sign <laughs> and you said signed by undertaker as well yes so actually the way i got that was wild do y'all know um it's a guy on facebook he runs a an auction show called signed by superstars yeah. So uh, the way we got that was he was doing a raffle one night and my dad got in on it for a dollar. Oh, and wow. it um, the one where you spins the wheel, lands on your name twice, you're eliminated. That that wheel never landed on my dad's name. So he got that belt for one dollar. Wow. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Signed yeah. by Superstars does a, a lot of uh, kind of virtual signings yeah. um, with wrestlers and. I cover a lot of them, uh, so so yeah, very familiar with with uh, their work. Oh yeah, that's that's where I get a lot of stuff when I was buying wrestling memorabilia. Now I'm really not buying it as much anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm deep in that game. Unfortunately, it's expensive, but it is really cool when you get cool stuff like that. <laughs> um, uh, I got uh, one last question for you, Patrick. Okay. Um, it's kind of it's a two parter. Um, dream matches that you could referee. Can you give me one that's like feasible, like right now, like, you know, in a company that you might already be involved with or wrestlers that like are kind of in the scene that you could realistically 
referee one of their matches maybe in the near future like dream match and then also just like bigger picture like maybe your favorite wrestlers or that are still out there like what would be like your biggest match that you could ever referee if, if, if you could referee for anyone uh right now i could see i'd really just because he cracks me up he's a super nice dude also i really would love to ref for santana jackson yeah <laughs> i love that dude um my favorite wrestlers that are out there now that's not so feasible that I'd like to ref for, FTR. Uh, I really love those. I'm I'm also like a big tag team guy. And in my tag team matches, I like the their style of work. Like with them and the Briscoes, that trilogy they had, I thought was the best matches of the year. Yeah, for Great sure. Those are, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, anything else, Jensen? No, that that's everything, Patrick. I we, I appreciate you coming on, man. If you want to let everyone know, like where to find you, if you got any kind of merchandise or anything, or anything you got you plan to put out there, please let everyone know what's going on. Uh, so basically, I really use Facebook more than anything. You can find me at Patrick O'Malley, just like his wrote right there. And then um, I also have a pro wrestling tea store. Uh, with I think it's like two designs on there, but one of them is offered in like six different colors. So. Uh, basically just Patrick O'Malley and then um, the Pro Wrestling Tea store. You can just search Patrick O'Malley in the search bar there. Um, my Instagram and my Twitter are the same as that RefPat123. So that's that's everywhere you can find me there. Okay. Guys, I guess really the – sorry, I didn't say, Jim. Really the last question. I, I meant to ask this whole, this whole time. Just, just in case, no relationship to Sugar Sean O'Malley or Mike O'Malley from Guts? No. No. <laughs> no relation there. Okay. Uh, guys all the links are below uh you can check out patrick you can follow him on on twitter or instagram and check out the pro wrestling tea store i do like the cartoon picture of the two that's a that's a very good uh pro wrestling tees favorite one right there yeah my vision behind that one was make one that doesn't look like a wrestling shirt so other people might buy it too so that's, right, that, that's always the way to go it's a good strategy <laughs> yeah so patrick thank you so much for joining us tonight we really appreciate it again guys all the links are below you can support patrick uh check out all the work that he is doing support him at pro wrestling tees and guys we'll be right back here on the spotlight we are back thank you to patrick o'malley for joining us in the creator spotlight for those who saw the uh, when patrick dropped out because he took a phone call i left that in because i wanted to on record that I was correct that he had a phone call and that is why the audio and the video dropped and I left that in too or I uploaded the wrong one and forgot my own mistake one of the two I was either proven correct which is true or I was proven to click the wrong button and upload the wrong video the one with my edited unedited uh mistake drop in there we appreciate we appreciate Patrick joining us talking about the the world of uh, refereeing and some behind the scenes stuff when it comes to refereeing. Really fun interview with him. Go support him. Uh, the links are below for Twitter and uh, for his pro wrestling tees if you'd like to get a referee shirt. Guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Joining us today on the show, we'll be back next week, probably talking more about Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes is the only thing to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. So we'll probably be talking plenty of Cody next week here on the show um 
Check out all the other shows we have going on on the channel. Head over to FightfulOverbooked.com. Check out all the shows we have going on over there, including In the Weeds every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Check out Coexisting with Rob and Maggie, who's always joining us here on the spotlight in the chat. Rob and Maggie tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern on FightfulOverbooked.com. Corey Brennan's doing a lot of great interviews with uh, UK talent on FightfulOverbooked.com. Um, we have a, a new episode of New Japan New Japan Bread Club on FightfulOverbook.com that everybody can check out as Matt and Karen review the New Japan New Japan New Beginning in Osaka and preview the support or they review the Sapporo shows, preview the Osaka shows. I got to get it correct on which one is which. Talk about Will Ospreay's final New Japan match. That is New Japan Bread Club up on Fightful Overbook. Check out the latest episode of Indeed with uh, Reg and Mike. They had Billy Dixon on um, talking about For the Culture, some For the Culture scoops in there for GCW Weekend, uh, GCW For the Culture. Go check out that show that is up now. Uh, plenty of stuff on FightfulOverbook.com. Go check it out. Support what we do over there. Scheduled to have, we talked about her on the show today. Scheduled to have Masha Slamovich on in the weeds tomorrow at 10 a.m. I believe she's fingers crossed. You know, we got kind of kind of mixed up last week, but hopefully comes through tomorrow. Scheduled to have Masha Slamovich on the show tomorrow on in the weeds. Again, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of The Spotlight. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Appreciate everybody sticking with us. Uh, thank you guys for the super chats, the thumbs up, the comments in the in the chat. Appreciate y'all. Everybody have a good weekend. It is a almost a wrestling-free weekend, I believe. No kind of major shows. I know MLW is running one of their YouTube specials. There's no collision because the NBA All-Star game. It's a, it's a light week compared to normal for professional wrestling so you know everybody go out enjoy yourselves have a good weekend everybody stay safe whatever you're doing appreciate y'all talk to y'all next week goodbye everybody save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.